Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. And a pleasant Monday after a Ravens victory in Foxborough yesterday. We will talk all about it this morning. This is the nice thing about when I'm over here doing shows and not over there. That like I can bring on friends from everywhere in town. Like obviously it's Monday, so Jeremy Kahn will join us, but also we'll catch up with our buddy. One of the deans of Baltimore sports these days, Keith Mills from BAL, will join us. Talk not only about the Ravens, but also a nice win for uh, Navy football. Much needed down in East Carolina over the weekend as they get ready for Air Force. Got to bring that music down a little bit, Griffin. Allergies kicking my butt. I know I'm not the only one. It's a common problem. Very frustrating. I hate it. Got to do something about it. We fought wars on drugs. We fought wars on terrorism. You hear that? You hear how pleasant that sounds? Right there in my throat. Ah, gross. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the, the post-nasal the drip. Ugh, the drip. God, but I am happy to be here. It is a uh, Monday edition of the program. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Monday Night Football tonight. The best place to watch and bet on every game all season long is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And the cool thing about the FanDuel Sportsbook is that right now you go in, you make a $25 bet on any parlay with plus 500 odds or better. Or longer, I guess is the way I'm supposed to say that. Or longer. And you're going to get a $5 free bet. It's capped at 50 bucks. So you can only get as much as $50 in free bet. But $25 parlay bet. You get $5. You can come back next week. You can use it on the same game parlay. Of also plus 500 odds or longer. So a great opportunity for you to get two bites at the apple right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. I guess I should have also mentioned that we um, are scheduled this morning to be joined by uh, Ravens cornerback Brandon Stevens as well after the win in Foxborough. So all that coming up on the program today. The theme yesterday on our postgame show on 105.7 The Fan for Rita and I was relief or celebration. And... It's not an easy question because, as most people kind of agreed, it's somewhere between the two things. It's, it's for sure relief because the Ravens flirted with disaster for a little while yesterday. There's definitely an amount of relief involved. You can't walk away from yesterday just saying, boy, the Ravens were brilliant, dominant. Whoop that ass! I mean, I guess you could say that if you'd like to, but it wouldn't be a fully accurate portrayal of how the game played out. So there has to be an amount of relief involved. But then there's the debate about how difficult it is to win in the NFL and the fact that the Ravens have never won a regular season game in Foxborough until yesterday and how difficult it is to win on the road in the NFL in general and looking around at teams like the Bills, who admittedly are playing a team that we believe is very good in the Dolphins, but the Chiefs, who lost on the road against the Colts team that looked disastrous through the first two weeks. It, 
It deserves to be celebrated to some extent. It's not easy to do this in the NFL. And there were a lot of things to like, starting with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Five touchdowns. Obviously, there's a lot to like there. There's reason to feel like maybe the run game started to turn the tide a bit yesterday. I still think the Ravens got away from it too much, particularly in the first half. They put together a nice drive with a little bit of the run mixed in. And then the next two possessions, they decided they didn't want to do that. And the three possessions where they didn't score in the first half all had something in common. Not a single run from a running back. And I get it. Like I've talked about this before that situations sometimes dictate that. If you call a pass play on first down and it's incomplete, you're behind the sticks. Or if you get sacked or something like that, you're behind the sticks. It takes the run out of the equation for that set of downs. But it's still frustrating that on a day where it looked like they had figured out how to run the ball again, they kind of got away from it as the half went on. Now, they went back to it in the second half, and that was a good thing. Justice Hill obviously looked very good in the second half. And I saw just enough from J.K. Dobbins, presuming he was on a pitch count yesterday, to make me feel good about what could be coming in the next few weeks from J.K. Dobbins. And if at some point this season you get to a backfield of Dobbins, Edwards, Hill, you have reason to feel good about that. Of course, you knock on every piece of wood that you can possibly find when you say those things. But that was a positive to me, is that it showed promise that they might be able to mix the run back in and not only have an outstanding quarterback and the strongest passing attack that we have seen in years, but also be a team that might be able to bleed clock, that might be able to take the air out of the ball again, something that they, they weren't necessarily interested in doing. They were just trying to push yesterday. But in the future, that could perhaps be the case. And that would be more pressing against some of the better offenses that you face. They couldn't do that against the Dolphins. They might need to do it against the Bills next week. And I don't know yet that they can, but they showed signs that maybe they could be able to do that, and that's a positive thing. The defense on the whole was not great, but when they needed to be, they were playmaking. Marlon Humphrey making the interception in the back of the end zone. Kyle Hamilton with the, you know, hopefully the play that kind of turns around his young tenure as a Baltimore Raven. Tracking it down, forcing the fumble. Marcus Peters, an excellent job of sliding in in order to complete the turnover. When they needed to make plays, the defense made some plays. They're still quite depleted particularly up front, a problem that was exacerbated by an injury to Justin Houston yesterday. They are still not necessarily a good... Good's unfair. They're not a particularly good unit on the whole, statistically. But as I've talked about before, it's difficult to be a good defense in the NFL in 2022. And I can settle for being a playmaking defense instead of being a statistically great defense. 
I'm okay with that because the rules make it almost impossible to be a statistically great defense. I get it. There are team rankings, and the Ravens are very low in those as well. But the game against the Dolphins was, I mean, we're only three games into a season. There's only so much evidence that we have to work with. There's a long way to go. If they're the team that makes plays, when plays need to be made, that's a good defense in the NFL. Now, we've got one game of evidence of that. They've got to continue to be able to prove that, and they certainly were not that type of defense one week earlier. But if they can be that type of unit, that would go a long way. I don't feel overwhelmed about it, but there was a lot of good. There was a lot that made me feel better. I'm not surprised the Ravens are home dogs against the Bills next week. I think they should be. I think the Ravens should be home dogs against the Bills. I think the Ravens still have to prove that they can beat that type of team with the defense that they have, and particularly with the lack of pass rush that they have. Because that, at the point at which yesterday's game was the most up in the air, The storyline that was unfolding was how unafraid even the Patriots with Mac Jones were to try to pick apart the Ravens. Because what they knew is that the Ravens brought nothing. They were going to have time. And Mac Jones could create even a modicum more time. They were going to be in great shape. So... I worry about that. How can I not? I'm going to worry about that against Josh Allen. I get it. The Bills lost a game yesterday. It took some fluky circumstances for that to be the case. But clearly, they're not flawless. Also, I saw that weird stat that the Bills have lost something like seven straight one-score games. Like, when they win, they pound teams. If they play close, they lose. That's a weird bit, considering how good they are. That's a really weird bit. Keep it close. You got a good chance. I'm going to guess that changes at some point. They're just too good for that to continue to be the case. But yeah, I think the Bills deserve to be favored in Baltimore next week based on everything that we've seen, which doesn't mean that the Ravens won't win that game. And it doesn't mean that the Bills are definitively better than the Ravens. How could we know that? We're three weeks into the season. But to this point... It looks like the Ravens still have enough flaws that until they prove that they can overcome those against the best teams in the league, there's still, even with the Bills losing a game, there's still a little bit of separation from where the top teams in the AFC are and then the next tier of teams in the AFC that also are potential threats. And perhaps we have to consider whether the Jaguars are closer to that group than, say, the Denver Broncos are. Good day. Good day. Lots of good things. We'll get to pats on the ass here in a bit. We will discuss who deserves credit. I mean, besides the obvious. Get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. You know how it how it goes. You pick five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you might like. Whatever you like. Who did that song? T.I.? 
Maybe yeah, you yeah. can have yeah. whatever you like. I did like that song, actually. I was a big fan of that. We would turn on ice and we could pop on. We do whatever you like. That was a good time. Was that 08? Somewhere around there? That sounds about right. Big fan. Big fan. I wish I could tell you. Uh, I think it was around there. Yeah, you, I mean, you were born around there. I'm yes, not really sure. Yes. I'm not really sure. I don't want to think about that, frankly. Um, look, a lot to like. lot to like. But yes, still reason for some concern. Still enough of a mixed bag about the Ravens. And also reason for concern about time-wise. Like when we talk about the edge rush, we can keep saying, well, you know, Tyus Bowser will be back at some point. Okay, it won't be next week. David Ajabo might be in the mix at some point. Okay, that won't be next week either. Jason Pierre-Paul might be able to help. Maybe, but you're hard-pressed to believe that's going to be this week. I mean, I'm not saying that he won't be on the field. I I think there's a chance that he's going to be on the field. It's a weird thing where a guy didn't have an offseason, and I don't know exactly what Jason Pierre-Paul's been doing, but the Ravens just gave him real money, or at least the opportunity for real money. I would like to think that they believe he could be on the field sometime in the near future. So, you know, I'm... I'm I'm of the belief that they might just be desperate enough that they have to put him out there on Sunday. I'm just not really of the belief that, one, again, there's all that much left in the tank for Jason Pierre-Paul, and two, that it's something that he would be ready to, to make an impact when it comes to, you know... I'm almost like we have to see one. him out next week. Why? Because we gave him $6 million. Well, no, they gave him a chance to make $6 million. They didn't guarantee him $6 well, million. Well, he better earn that $6 million. I mean, I understand that, but they knew what they were doing. They were signing a yeah. player off the street. They they understood he didn't have a training camp. They understood all of those things. I, it's, I think it's more of a statement about their desperation than it is a statement about Jason Pierre-Paul. But where do those two things meet? Again, I think he could be on the field this week. I think it's possible. But I'm not counting on an impact with Jason Pierre-Paul being on the field this week. I'm just not counting on him making a difference. And so my assumption is the Ravens are going to struggle to get after Josh Allen on Sunday. That's going to be my assumption. They're going to struggle to get after quarterbacks until they have a more complete group on the field. I think at least until Tyus Bowser's out there. That's my assumption. We will see. Perhaps I will end up being wrong, and they will they'll make me look silly. Obviously, the Michael Pierce thing hurts. There's no getting around that. Michael Pierce looked great in week one. Still looked pretty good in week two, but he looked dominant in week one. Looked like a guy that could be a force that could make an impact in backfields and now you know, might be in a situation where he's going to miss like real time. That's, I mean, that's, that's awful. Now, does it time out the right way? Travis Jones made his debut yesterday that maybe Travis Jones is is ready. I mean, Travis Jones was an early-round pick. I get it. Asking a third-round pick to be the answer immediately is a tough thing, but, you know, those first three-round picks are guys that need to be able to make an impact for you and need to be able to make an impact fairly quickly. I'm not relying on it is a mistake that that's not what i'm saying about a third round pick but it's a guy that you expect to play and a guy that you expect to contribute 
So hopefully Travis Jones, if Michael Pierce is going to miss time, is ready to step in. And there was a lot of rumblings on Twitter yesterday that perhaps the Ravens' backup plan to Michael Pierce is still hanging around in Baltimore. And we'll see if maybe Brandon Williams were to get a phone call. I I don't know what Brandon Williams' interest is. I, I don't. It's weird to me that no one else called Brandon Williams. I don't I don't know what to make of that. So, again, we'll need more information about it. John Harbaugh will have a press conference today, and we'll find out a little bit more about Michael Pierce. I get I'm kind of all over the place with this, but I feel like that's where I am with the Ravens sitting at 2-1. I'm kind of all over the place. I think they're good. I mean, I, there's only so many ways for me to say Lamar Jackson's amazing. I, it is so silly to be trying to have an MVP debate three weeks into the season. Stop. Stop. Like, at least get to the quarter pole. At least get to week five. And I get the quarter pole thing is messed up now because the NFL plays 17 games. At least get to that point before we even start talking about it. Lamar Jackson is playing brilliantly. Brilliantly. Not perfect. But that's an impossible standard. I mean, the, the interception yesterday was obviously a mess. But he's playing brilliantly. I mean, he is playing as 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 unbelievable a football as I can imagine seeing from a quarterback. It's it's spectacular. It's breathtaking. I love the fact that he's not getting away from running the ball. That to me has been the best part of this. That after week one, when he played well. And I found myself saying, yeah, but he's, is he purposely trying not to run it? Oh, no, we've got a definitive answer two weeks later. He's doing it all. He's reminding everyone why he is so much better than everyone else. Why it's okay for a quarterback to run. Why it's a good thing when your quarterback is really good at doing two things instead of just one. It's spectacular there's only so many ways for me to say it i'm writing a column today at pressboxonline.com and it's a follow-up to a column i wrote two weeks ago after i got the reaction from people around town and some some relevant people like i had some people within football that reached out to me about my column regarding the situation between lamar jackson and the ravens um the easiest thing like we're doing a lot of these the price of the brick is going up the price of the brick has gone up memes. We're doing a lot of that. I don't know that the price for Lamar Jackson can drastically go all that up. I mean, the price was already extraordinary. There's only so much within a salary cap structure that the price can go up more. The question becomes, are the Ravens closer to considering the idea of fully guaranteed? And when I wrote my column, which was thorough and detailed, and I was very proud of it because it wasn't just a brainless pay-this-man column two weeks ago, it was really breaking down the complexities of the situation. As I keep saying, a seminal moment in football history disguised as a contract dispute. I was very proud of that column, and I got a lot of great feedback. But there was one thing that I left out in that column. And I'm not actually going to give it away this time. I know I always do. But this time I'm going to have you go to PressBoxOnline.com because there was one thing that admittedly in writing that column, I fell short. I, I failed with one aspect of that column. And it was important. 
And I was called out for it, and I was glad that I was. Because it gave me the opportunity to write a follow-up where I made it abundantly clear where I stand. PressBoxOnline.com, my column about the situation between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I got a follow-up. And it's important. So I encourage you to go check it out. Coming soon, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE, and you'll get $100 off. And with the Ravens back home this Sunday, stop by Hammerjacks. That's where Mothers is hosting their tailgate party this season. And you can swing by the Press Box Ginsu Grills tent for free samples and contests it's, uh, it's free to get in, but there's also an all-inclusive option for 49 bucks with premium brand open bar and great food. Tickets and details, hammerjacks.com. Man, I love this guy. Uh, don't get to see him nearly enough anymore, but um, just, just the best. You see him on WBAL doing the Ravens wrap-up show. You hear him with the Navy broadcasts. He is the great Keith Mills, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Keith, what's going on, man? Hey, Glenn, how are you, buddy? Man, you're way too kind. I appreciate it. I miss you as well, man. It's, it is always wonderful to hear your voice, my friend. It is great to hear your voice. Hey, before we get into the Ravens, that was that was big for Navy on Saturday. They, they needed that. Big time win for them. They, they, they reacted like it was beating Army. <laughs> uh, East Carolina, certainly not Alabama, but had a very, very good, uh, has a very good program. Great quarterback in Holton Ellerson. Super win for Navy. You know, as you know, Glenn, you follow them. And they appreciate that, by the way, down there, man. Scott Strassmeyer and everybody loves the coverage you give them. But, you know, they've been struggling offensively uh, for a while now. I think a lot of teams in the AAC, American Athletic Conference, have, have seen this triple option. So, Kenny and Miles Tololo and his offensive staff uh, changed it up a little bit. You know, they went more traditional um, mm-hmm. football, power eye, more RPO stuff, power eye, where, you you know, you, you have Ty Levitai look at the defense, read it, and then and then and then act accordingly. They got the ball outside a little bit with quick pitches and 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 natural sweeps. And they threw the ball. My God, did you see the uh, a huge <laughs> huge throw in the fourth? No doubt, throw. massive massive throw. So yeah, it was a huge win for them. It was uh, a big relief and certainly a uh, a momentum builder moving moving forward. Hey Keith, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about around here is I just get the sense that what we're seeing is where where Navy's been at a disadvantage in comparison to other FBS teams, which is not having the ability to have these fifth-year guys around, that you just look, you know, even at a Delaware uh, to start the season, and you see they've got adults, like they've got grown men on the field that you're going up against, which isn't to say that, like, Navy didn't have a chance to win that game or that they can't overcome it, but I I think it's missed in seeing some of their struggles of how difficult it is right now for a place like Navy where they're not able to keep someone around for a fifth year to watch all these other programs. So they have fifth, sometimes sixth-year guys that you're going up against week in and week out. That's a great point. The transfer portal has changed the evolution, has certainly changed the landscape and in all of college sports, particularly football, and particularly at the highest level, you're seeing so many Power 5 players now. Kids from Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, transferring out down to, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the group of five schools like uh, Memphis or SMU or East Carolina. East Carolina had 34 transfers yeah. the other night. Memphis had 37 two weeks ago. And the kid from Memphis, Joey Skates, who caught the big 80-yard touchdown, 
played three years at Iowa State, right. uh, which is in the uh, you know the Big Twelve. So you bring up a great point. It is a it has changed the landscape. I'll give you a great example. Navy doesn't have any red shirts now. They do have uh, kids that go up to the Navy uh, prep school up in Rhode Island, which kind of acts as a red shirt year for them. But they don't have any transfers, and they don't have any grad students, and they don't have anywhere near the level of mature players that they're seeing. You brought up a great point. There's kids yet. Holt Nailers, the quarterback for ECU, which is who's one of the best in the country, has started all five right. years of his college right. career. Right. And, you know, he's 23 years old. And Navy's got kids back there, you know, 19, 18, 19 years old playing against them. So it's a major difference. All right. Uh, a big one, obviously, for you guys this week is uh, you'll be headed out to the Air Force Academy as Navy tries to claw back the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Not going to be easy. Never an easy trip, but uh, will be a good one. That's noon coming up this Saturday. Keith Mills with us here on GCR. Uh, Keith, the question that I've been asking today for Ravens fans is the feeling more celebration or relief? after their win in Foxborough yesterday. Where are you between those two things? Yeah, that's a great great point. I'm probably somewhere in between, but I think more relief than anything in regards to um, what happened uh, you know, last week in, in the meltdown in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins and then being able to have the defense step up and close the game out yesterday. You know, again, I, I guarantee you Mike McDonald uh, Wednesday during his press session is going to talk about you know, giving up 150 yards to Devontae Parker and, and not being able to shut down that passing game, which is certainly not at the level of Buffalo or, you know, Kansas City or some of the elite passing teams in the league. But uh, a very resilient, tough effort from the defense yesterday. Um, you got to feel good for Kyle Hamilton, who, who, uh, who, who took a lot of the blame last week for the uh, fourth quarter collapse against Miami. He had that huge yep. uh, strip of of Aguilar that Marcus Peters came up with. And then they got, you know, Marlon Humphrey's interception and, and Peters. But I think it's more, more relief. The, the issue, again, uh, besides the pass defense, is depth right now on defense. You know, Justin Houston went out yesterday. They're already thin at edge rusher. Brandon Copeland, a young kid from Gilman, had to step in. He's normally a special teams player and maybe an inside guy. Yep. He had to move outside, had a big sack, and a big hurry on Mac Jones that led to the um, Marlon Humphrey um, interception. So to answer your question, I think it's probably more relief than celebration. Even though I tell you what, Glenn, you and I have been watching for uh, Bill Belichick's teams a long time, and I can't remember the last time they were two and a half or three point underdogs at home, no doubt, with or without Tom Brady, where they ended up losing the football game. But uh, the Ravens outplayed them, no doubt about it. And uh, and how about Lamar, man? Woo. Well, I mean, my Is God, he playing lights out of my, right? It's it's man. just unreal. It's just unreal how good that dude. I, I was talking about this a minute ago. What, what's amazing to me about Lamar, and everything's amazing to me about Lamar. Everything, I mean, Lamar's just amazing. But it's even more amazing because after week one, I was a little bit nervous. Like, man, you know, I, I, I have never been the type that's had a problem with seeing Lamar run, right? Like, I think it's what makes him so magical is we know how good he is at throwing the football despite how many idiots don't think he can. I, I like right, the right, fact right. that he can do all of it. And what we've seen these last two weeks, it's virtuoso. It's unlike anything that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL is someone who has this much of a command of the offense. It's like you're watching an orchestra director, you know? Like, he has everything in control and is, like, there's just nothing that anyone can do about it. When Bill Belichick 
basically throws everything that he knows about defense at you like he did yesterday. Multiple formations on defense, multiple personnel groups. You know, pre-snap changes in the looks are given Lamar. And Lamar didn't even blink, man. He just, he, he just took whatever they gave him and exploited that defense, which is saying a lot. Um, you know, Greg Roman said last week that for the first time in his career, there are layers now to his game, uh, his input in the game plan his ability to change the play uh, at the line of scrimmage and check into a, 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 a formation and a play that exploits what he's seeing. And then his explosiveness. Everybody was worried about how you know, he picked up some weight. He's, he's not as fast or as quick. Or, you know, he dispelled that myth yesterday as right. well. He is just playing with so much polish. You, know, you, you can never compare him to a Brady or a Manning or, or Montana or Johnny U back in the day, but his ability now to, to, to command the game, you said a great word, command the offense and, and look at what he's seeing. And just the simple way they executed the shovel passes yesterday with Josh Oliver and, uh, and Mark Andrews. Great patience from Lamar. Didn't rush it. Waited for his offensive lineman to pull away. The one play, Kevin Zeitler, pulled, didn't even have anybody to hit. Right. Uh, New England was so confused <laughs> right. as to what was going on. So his orchestration of it. And then when they do put that, when they do um, run plays for him, he's he's reading it perfectly, uh, understanding where the gaps are, and just making the plays that we're so familiar with here. But his ability to throw the football right now is just devastating to defense. Another couple of minutes with the great Keith Mills here on GCR. Keith, did you see enough between Dobbins, who we assume was on a pitch count yesterday, and then obviously Justice Hill? Did you see enough that makes you comfortable that they're going to have the run game figured out? Because that, that clearly to me was, as, as much as we talk about the defensive collapse against Miami, the even bigger story is how you had a lead of 21 points and you were out time of possession by 10 minutes in that game. Yeah, exactly. They've got to exactly. be able to run the ball with their backs. Did you see enough yesterday to make you feel like, hey, that, they're getting that figured out. That's going to be okay in the coming week? Yeah, again, they did a lot of different things schematically up front. You know, they had multiple guys pulling at, at several plays. Ben Powers and Daniel Fahalele on Lamar's uh, touchdown run pulled and sealed, and Mark Andrews got the lead block. And uh, I, You know, that's a great question. Um, I think it's still going to take a little bit of time before we see what we used to see from this offense, uh, where they would just maul people uh, at the point of attack, and Gus Edwards would run them over, or Dobbins, or Mark Ingram, whoever was the uh, – the lead back would, would, would get to the outside. Uh, I liked uh, Dobbins' burst yesterday. You know, he had that spin move where he looked like the Dobbins of, of two years ago. And Justice Hill just gave them a huge lift. That 34-yard run, again, was, 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 was a lot of the offensive line. And, the, and maybe the greatest block in Ravens history yesterday was Pat Ricard just pancaking no Matthew Chudon in the middle of the field. But, but his burst to get through that and then weave his way downfield was, was a – was a was a possible good sign of things to come, but I think Greg Roman will still tell you it's a work in progress. It would be nice to get Gus back uh, at some point, Gus Edwards, maybe maybe by midseason. But um, you know, you, you got to deal with the hand that's dealt and their ability now to create um, um, mismatches mismatches with formations um, and and you know um, and and getting and getting Andrews on. I'm, I'm sorry, getting um, Ricard on linebackers that he can just pile drive 
has been a big asset. But I think that's still a work in progress, to be honest with you, Glenn. Oh, I get that. I, I tend to agree that it's a work in progress. I, I'm gonna, you know, I don't I don't know that I need them to be the twenty nineteen Ravens though, right, Keith? Like they right, don't need exactly, to be exactly. it just needs to be a team that can run the ball if you build up a lead or you know even I think in stretches yesterday still even in a win we saw in the first half where they had three drives in the first half where they went three and out essentially I know there were penalties in there so maybe we say there were four and out whatever you want to call it but they all had something in common there were no runs with a running back in those drives and they just needs to be at least the threat of the run or some amount of balance to really make this offense the type that can go beat the best teams in the NFL to me yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. You bring up a great point, balance, and, you know, I don't care what coach you're talking about. You know, Bill Walsh to Belichick to, you know, um, uh, Brian Billick to Harbaugh. They always talk about balance. And, you know, I, I love this, too. Everybody wants, everybody wants Andrews to get 10 catches and Bateman to get 8 and Duvernay to get 10 and the running backs to run 40 times and Lamar to run 15. Well, there's only one football, and you only have a certain amount of plays that you're going to run anywhere from maybe 65 to 80. I thought they distributed the ball yesterday perfectly. You know, Andrews, again, led the way. Uh, Duvernay and Bateman only catch, caught two balls, but they made those catches big plays. The Bateman 35-yarder in the fourth quarter was huge. The Duvernay third and five third down conversion no. uh, when the game was still in balance might have been one of the biggest plays of the game, and they turned that into a touchdown. You bring up a great point. I think one of the issues yesterday is when uh, Pat McCary went out Daniel Faalele came in during that stretch you were talking about. Yeah, that's a good point. And I thought that would have been a, a better, better, better use of him to run the ball than it would to put him in a situation where he had to pass block, which Keith Wise really, really kind of exploited for three sacks in that stretch. But then again, in the second half, Faalele yep. really played well. Yes, he did. Which bodes well moving forward too. Uh, I was really worried, man. I'm thinking, man. I almost I said to. Pete Gilbert, I said, man, they ought to put Pat Ricard to tackle. Right, right. <laughs> because he's a better blocker right now than this kid. But he played well in the second he half. Did. And I know Joe Delisandris De- 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 is, is, is looking forward to seeing what he can do down the road. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. They, their bread and butter is still ball control and, and, um, and running the football. But they do have some playmakers now on the outside that can make you pay if you do come up and stack the box like New England did a little bit yesterday. And certainly we saw Miami do. Uh, two weeks ago in Duvernay and Bateman. And uh, they got they, they just got and, – and Lamar. Lamar is still a weapon when you stack the box. If he gets through that first line of offense, he's gone. Yep. He's gone. Big facts. Big facts all around. And credit to Greg Roman, right, who made, who made the adjustments. It's, yeah. I, I, for the most part, I get it. I, like, I was, I, there have been moments, but I think for the most part, uh, Greg Roman's been on one this season. And the, I, Yeah, no question. That, that play from Josh Oliver yesterday for the touchdown, if you go back and look at that, they had multiple guys pulling. It was a play action, which Lamar froze a couple of guys, and he just stood calmly in the pocket. And the offensive linemen, the, uh, Zeitler, um, Ben Powers, and Linderbaum, not only blocked their guys, but they smashed them into the turf, which led to a clear passing lane for Lamar over the middle where the ball couldn't be deflected. That was just a great scheme and great execution. It's a great point about getting – giving uh, Roman some kudos. Everybody wants to rip him if they don't get 450 yards of offense every week, but uh, I thought he did a tremendous job. Well, Keith, you know how this is. You've been around since since the Ravens were here. The, the offensive coordinator is always going to be the least popular man in town. You know, <laughs> you know how this man. works, but he's been really good this <laughs> season. 
Uh, a big week, obviously. I uh, mentioned Navy Air Force and, of course, Ravens Bills. It's going to be a lot of fun. Keith Mills, man, we don't do this often enough. Uh, it is it is a treasure for me uh, that, 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 that we've created this friendship over the years, my man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Same too, brother. Same too. Miss you. Looking forward to seeing you, Glenn. Great Thanks, job, buddy. as always. Keith Mills from uh, WBAL, and uh, appreciate him taking the time for us. As always, love that guy. Uh, always have, always will. And, um, you know, I, there's a lot of good, just a lot of good. Still things that need to be cleaned up. Still every reason for the Ravens to be dogs against the Bills, but um, reason for optimism as well. Reason to believe that this team can trend back towards being one of the better teams in the AFC. All right, today's show is also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star, which is a huge event. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. When we come back in, I think we need to go over uh, picks for the week. I think we need to do that. You think we should, Griffin, you think we should go over picks I mean, I guess for we the might week? as well. I, I think mean, we should go over picks for the week because we had a, like a little side bet, didn't we? We did, we did. Well, I can't wait to find out what happened. I can't. I don't feel like I did all that well this week. I feel like I was kind of meh this week, so I'm a little nervous. I know going I did into, <laughs> Going into picks recap. Well, let's, let's find out on the okay. other side, all right? It's Glenn right. Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5544. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. 
The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Back in here on GCR on a Monday edition of the program. It's time for us to recap our picks for the week. Picks recap is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So this is a reminder that... Griffin and I had a side bet for this week. Our friend Nick Kelly uh, sent me this email last week. He said, um, this was after the uh, the Ravens lost, said, no, that's crappy morning football. Why? Uh, blah, blah, blah. They eat. All right, we don't need to talk about the, the Dolphins game. That's neither here nor there. What I wanted to email you about was my wife stumbled upon this recipe this weekend and asked me if I could ever eat this, and we both oh. agreed no chance. It's called Hoop Fish Bake. And somehow includes Pollock fillets and SpaghettiOs. Maybe this is your next food bet. Well, Griffin, of course, uh, we learned something about him after he lost the first one. Griffin might have a problem. Griffin, when he lost the first bet uh, this year, which required him to eat the Richard Petty sandwich, uh, believe it or not, he was a bit petty. And he immediately Good one. wanted to go double or nothing. Which of course has no sting. He's already eaten the sandwich. We we don't do the same thing. We got to come up with something else. But I told him then it needed to be organic. It couldn't be forced. Now Griffin had nothing to do with Nick that I know of. I don't think Griffin and Nick Kelly colluded <laughs> to come up with this. Nick Kelly found this. Nick Kelly is a friend, uh, a gentleman, and a scholar. I love me some Nick Kelly. And Nick Kelly sent this to me, and so I said, "Well, this this sounds terrible. This is perfect." And I said, Griffin, we can make this that you want you want to run it back. You want to get your heat back. It's like, you know, how we're doing the whole the big thing where you get you're gonna give a stink face, but you gotta let the other person or you, you're gonna give you're gonna do the worm, but the other person's gotta get their heat back. So you gotta let them give you a stink face. I said, Griffin, here's your shot. We can do another side bet on picks this week. And Griffin said, I'm in. I said, Great. And if we're being honest, it wasn't a great week for anyone, picks-wise. No one did better this week than 5-4. and four. It was a really tough week. We'll go through the games. Uh, I am very mad at myself. Vegas tried telling us. Vegas tried their best to explain that we should be betting Maryland. And if that wasn't enough, Leon Twyman, 
the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook tried to explain why it was that we should be betting Maryland. I guess it's good. I mean, we were all on the same page. Yes. Nobody lost any ground here, but it was a free bucket that was waiting to be had. And I boofed it. I boofed it. Uh, Nobody had Maryland covering. They covered 34-27. Maryland played well. Um, It is definitely progress considering, you know, I wrote a column about this before the season with Maryland football. It's not really to me about them beating the top teams of the Big Ten. They need to show progress by not getting throttled by those teams. So check that box. They got a great chance to beat Michigan State this week. I think we all know Michigan State's no longer one of the best teams in the Big Ten. That could go a long way. Um, but that I will accept that as progress. The bummer is a lot of questionable calls. Both of Michigan's interceptions look like they weren't actually interceptions on replay. Don't know what that's all about. Like, Maryland legitimately had a chance in that game. We need to talk to Ken Zalis about where on the doll Maryland football touched him. Like, we need to figure out what's going on there. Where on the doll? <laughs> like, something happened, and I'm not sure what it was, but we need to we need to deal with that at some point. Uh, anyway, the story is that uh, Maryland covered, and none of us had it. A uh, thriller between Clemson and Wake Forest. Yeah. Thriller. I was feeling real good at this point. Yeah, I think you should have. At this point, you were you were looking decent as uh, Wake Forest indeed not only covers, Wake Forest probably should have won. Um, a double overtime thriller, 51-45. Clemson wins by six. They were favored by seven and a half. So that is a cover for Wake Forest. Griffin and Kyle Ottenheimer get on the board. Problem was, neither Griffin nor Kyle Ottenheimer. Tennessee was doing I thought they were going to cover. I was like, I yeah, was like, they had a, they had a two score lead late at Florida. Statement drive, statement drive at the end of the game. <laughs> Good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> Florida goes down, puts together a touchdown drive at the end of the game to get back within thirty eight thirty three. They cover the ten and a half. Griffin, Kyle Ottenheimer, and KZ all shut out. On that point, Casey had uh, it needed a big close this week because he was off to a rough start. Uh, the NFL games, Andrew Stecka back in the act, yeah. follows up a 0 and 9 week with a decent week. He was tied for first this week. Um, he stole a point by being a lone wolf on Cleveland. That worked out really well. Cleveland covers the four and a half. They won 29 to 17. Um, myself and Paul Valley were the only ones on Miami as Miami. Why, not only covered, they got a win. They got a 21-19 win over Buffalo. Weird day. A lot of questions about the uh, Tua thing and whether or not like he should have been allowed back in the game, but he was, and they were victorious. It was weird. Like Tyler Bass missed a short field goal, and then Buffalo couldn't get a playoff, couldn't get a uh, spike at the end of the game. Just a lot of weird. You know, they they had to go for the touchdown because they were down by – uh, four at the time, of course. In hindsight, if they had just kicked the field goal, I mean, they wouldn't. Have, never mind, because Miami yeah. wouldn't have gotten the ball there, and they wouldn't. The butt safety wouldn't have happened. The, the butt, butt punt. The butt punt. Oh, magical! Purely magical. Uh, ultimately, Miami does not only cover; they win twenty-one nineteen. Myself and Paul Valley get that point. Uh, I couldn't have called the Cincinnati thing more on the nose. Not only did I make that pick, but also if you. Uh, Follow the live casino in Hotel Maryland on social media. I explain this to you to a T. That as bad as the Bengals' offensive line had been, the Jets were not capable of taking advantage of it. Bengals won comfortably 
27 to 12. For some reason, not only John Proctor, but our own Griffin Bass. For some reason, Joe Flacco. Thought he had it in him again. I bet you won't regret that. I bet you won't regret that at all. I bet you won't regret that. I missed one. Thought Tampa had it in him. Thought their defense was a little bit better than Green Bay's. Those teams just don't look good. Although Romeo Dobbs started to be a thing yesterday. And considering I think I've been holding him in all of my leagues, I hope hope that's a sign of things to come. Green Bay holds on for a 14-12 win after Tampa can't get it's not just the ravens that are getting plays in late in the play clock the buccaneers couldn't get the playoff on the two-point conversion were forced back to the seven and uh they fail what would have been a game tying two-point conversion so green bay holds on for a 14-12 win one of the worst football games in the history of the sport last night between san francisco and denver um ultimately denver wins definitely use that in quotes 11 to 10 Another insane safety as Jimmy Garoppolo pulls the Dan Orlovsky along the back uh, line of the end zone. Just brutal. What a brutal, awful football game that was. Broncos are somehow 2-1. and one, and They, they do not look it. They're they, a terrible football team. They're terrible. They have, what, two touchdowns, I think? Is that what? I think that's the stat. I, right. I saw somebody saw somebody put out because they scored. I guess one on Monday night in week one. Yeah, and then they scored the late one last week. Well, then, then they would have three. Okay, so maybe they maybe, scored, maybe, they I, scored saw, one, maybe I saw it like going into the fourth. They scored one last night. They did ultimately get a touchdown last night. Um, yeah, I guess that because sixteen nine. Yeah, no, they got they got they got they got three touchdowns. Yes, they have three touchdowns on the season. Lamar Jackson calls that a nice quarter. Yeah, <laughs> calls that a nice quarter. Um, they're. I, they they added Jerry Rossberg to the booth, <laughs> thinking that would change. I mean, what a what a dumpster fire! And yet they're two and one. I mean, go figure. That's the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo was a mess. Uh, anyway, oh, Griffin and I were both on San Francisco, so we both lost that point. Yeah. Everybody was on Baltimore, which was a good thing. So for the week, uh, leaders: Kyle Ottenheimer, Andrew Stecka, Paul Valley, all five and four for the week. Moves Kyle within a game. He ties me within a game of the top of the top of the table. Where Ken Zalis still holds on despite being four and five this week. KZ nineteen and fifteen for the year. One game in front of myself, Kyle Ottenheimer. John Proctor a tough week, three and six. So he drops from second to a tie for fourth at seventeen and seventeen. He and Paul Valley. Paul Valley uh, also had a good week this week, going five and four. Um. Then there's Griffin and I. I went four and five, which, considering what was at stake, I am really not feeling good about going four and five this week. Uh, Griffin, let me go back and double check. So you got Wake Forest. That was a big one for you. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you go got, Wake. You got Baltimore, like everybody else did. And, hey, you got Green Bay. I missed that one. And then you also... you That was the... Well, Tennessee should have. Well, but you didn't. Did you get any other... And then Joe Flacco should have. No. Did you get any other points, or did you just... And then Steelers almost. Did you, did you, you got the three? That's what you... I, yeah, yeah. You I came just, away with the, the three. three. So I went four and five, and you went three and six. That's correct, yeah. Bone appetite, baby! Let's go! All right. Griffin's going to switch over to this seat, and he's going to give you a look at the hoop fish bake. Mm. Mm, 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 okay. mm. You remember when we were 
were sitting in here eating all that delicious glory days a couple weeks ago. Remember when we were devouring the brewer sausage platter and the brewer sausage sandwich and the Bavarian burger with the pretzel bun and the chicken schnitzel and the uh, slam dunk pretzels and the um, the uh, cheddar ale soup. You remember when we were doing that, Griffin? You remember that? Yeah, I remember. You remember that, that day? And you can so, order everything from the Glory Days Oktoberfest menu right now at glorydaysgrill.com. You remember all the joy we had that day? Yeah, yeah, that was. It's a, a similar day. joy right now, right? Very similar feeling that you're having as you stare. No, not not no, not exactly. I do no? feel like this isn't gonna be terrible. Okay, I need to. We need to address that. <laughs> Last night, young Griffin sends me this text. He's uh, asking me about uh, my plans for the week and whether I can record an interview at a certain time, and uh, that a phone number I sent him might have been wrong. And all of a sudden, at nine eleven p.m., not gonna lie, this hoop fish bake doesn't look awful. I don't think it does. I don't. To think which does. I responded back. Very simply, you're sick. And I stand by that. If you actually feel that way, I think you might be a pervert. I think you might be, like, we might need to put you on a no-fly list if you genuinely feel that way. It's all edible food. Yes, but it's not food that should be served together. We don't know that until Fish and SpaghettiOs? It was in a cookbook. All right, what what else is in there? Uh, there's there's broccoli and some tomatoes and then and then so there's like a breadcrumb topping. Right, so you made uh, what Which, percentage of the? Because the recipe calls for a big casserole. Yeah, right? yeah. So I pretty much just halved it. I you just have used like one can of spaghettios. I used okay. Like so the recipe the calls for two 13 ounce Pollock fillets. Yes, yeah, so I used like I used <clears throat> just one. Uh, Ten cherry tomatoes, th- three yeah. green onions, two red chilies. Oh, I forgot the I forgot the onions. Well, that's it. You're going to have to I do know. it again tomorrow. Uh, seven uh, florets of broccoli, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of smoked paprika, and two cans of SpaghettiOs. And then breadcrumbs, uh, four small slices of bread. Did yeah. you did you make the breadcrumbs yourself? No, I just you... kind of cut the bread up, and then, uh, right. and then I like mixed it with the olive oil. And so actually, right. they taste like fruit. Those it, taste pretty good. Lean it in a way that I can get the actual fish and spaghetti. I don't want to just see the bread is the problem. The, the problem is you've got all the bread at the top, and so when we posted the picture on Twitter, I don't think it, it gave us the – I need the. I, I see a lot of – oh, yeah, fish and SpaghettiOs. That's what I need here. Take a picture of that. Take a picture. Yeah, there we go. I need the fish – and spaghettios, because that's the truly disturbing part about this. So, um, and again, it no, into the microphone. You're, you're not. It doesn't smell like terrible. Like I don't want it. I don't. I don't. Just get after it. Just get to it. Get, get to. It. We decided this was a lasagna. We the the agreement was a lasagna style piece was what you would be consuming. You would consume something the size of a square of lasagna. A little, fill the bowl, fill the bowl, and then we're good. Fill the bowl, and then I'll then I'll call that. I'll be all right with it. Yeah, no, it, I bet it doesn't look as good. I bet it doesn't look as good because now you're not just seeing the breadcrumbs. You were just looking at the breadcrumbs, like ah, it's just some breadcrumbs. I'm fine. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. <sighs> it's truly gross. Truly disgusting. Nice this is one of the most disturbing fish. things. Yeah, get you got to get the it's fish broccoli. and the spaghettios in there. You got it. Yeah, a little bit of that. All right. You want to, you want to, uh, like, a here's the swimming with bow legged women type of thing? Oh, that's a good, that's a money shot right there. Right. That's a money shot. Yeah, man. I do, dig in. Enjoy. Oh, he likes it. Oh, son of a bitch. He likes it. He's in on the hoop fish bake. Damn it. Damn it. 
Oh, this sucks. Okay, so it's definitely not good. Okay, all right. I feel better now. I feel better now. Yeah, definitely not something I'd ever seek out again. Right. Nor, nor, nor should like, it exist. Yeah, this but pain, like, it should be burnt. Yeah, but it's not It's not garbage. Explain to me what it is that you're feeling. Describe the sensation of the hoop fish bake. Um, so first, you taste like the spaghetti, so it's definitely a lot of sauce. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was a crunch in there. I think that was the broccoli, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then I taste the fish, which just tastes like fish. Yeah, I mean, Bland right. Fish. Correct. Bland, plain yeah. ass Pollock fillets. <laughs> like, there's just nothing doing there. Nothing going for you. This yeah. isn't like when I had the rockfish bites out at uh, Skipjack's Crab Deck last week. No it, is, no, it is not. Yeah, those were, oh, my God. I, I have dreams about those. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, yeah, All go right. ahead. Go ahead. Dive one more. Yeah, go ahead. One more. This is not as painful, obviously, as the mm. pepper because the pepper was overwhelming. The pepper led to you belching for the rest of the day, um, yeah. and and probably un, un, uncomfortable pooping later. This, I mean, I guess the real loss is just that you know, last night I had to make it knowing I was going to have to eat it. On right. The show. This is a this is kind of a no sell though, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. This is kind of a no sell. This is more just like I don't like it, but I'll get through it. And we'll, I'll, I'll move bet. on with I'll my debt. I'll pay my debts. That's a I'll real bummer. I know. That's a real bummer. All right. Should I, I t- play it off like, oh my god? I, it would have been better for the show yeah, if you. Right. But I don't. I don't want it to be fake. I don't want it to be fake. Well, maybe the third bite will. Get, will I don't know. Right. We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Thank you, Griffin. I appreciate. Griffin will continue to consume. He doesn't get out of this. He's got to finish that bowl of fish hoop fish hoop bake, which I have no idea why it exists. Why anyone has ever thought. That would be something they should prepare. I mean, I mean, spaghettios are good. Like Jesus, you're twelve. You're twelve I mean, years old. Maybe. You're twelve years old. There's nothing good about spaghettios. God, get out of here. All right, hour number one of today's program is in the books. Coming up a little bit later on today, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimms are going to catch up with the great Bill Swaggerty, former Baltimore Oriole. That uh, will be happening a little bit later on at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Six o'clock kickoff for that show. If you miss it live, you can catch it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Wait a second. Yes, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. My brain stopped functioning. Or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, Bill Swaggerty catching up, talking some Orioles today. When we come back in, our buddy Jeremy Kahn, he's going to go a little bit earlier this week because we're scheduled to catch up with Brandon Stevens later on in the program. Also, we will still, I promise, get to your pats on the ass and our pats on the ass as well. That's on the way. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com slash bowser the next tyus bowser show is tuesday october 4th at 7 p.m at guilford hall brewery 1611 guilford avenue in station north it's brought to you by maryland vascular specialists and the all-new ginsu kamado grill Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports glory days grills oktoberfest menu is now running it's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year it features the chicken schnitzel the oktoberfest brewer's platter the brewer sausage sandwich the bavarian burger with a pretzel bun the cheddar ale soup the slam dunk pretzels and the apple cobbler all of these meals pair well with oktoberfest beers and angry orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Now, Jeremy's going to join us in just one second. If you've not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, you need to do that right now. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Or you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Great cover story from Bo Smolka about Mark Andrews. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Good timing. Go get this right now, and um, it'll be available for another couple of weeks. And then we start thinking about our next print issue of Press Box, which will have Kevin Willard, Maryland basketball coach, on the cover. That will be the next one as we preview college basketball season. Joining us now, Big Bag Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. He is our buddy Jeremy Kahn, and he's back with us here on GCR. You really didn't want to come over here and enjoy some uh, fish and SpaghettiOs with Griffin this morning? Ugh, that looked awful. Yeah. I, I could smell it through the picture. Uh, here's, the, here's the problem, is that I, he took the first bite, and I looked over, and I realized he doesn't hate it. Like... He, no. He's not going to make it again. This isn't going to move into like his rotation, but he's not in hell right now. Like It's just kind of a, a struggle meal on a Monday afternoon, really. 
Yeah. It sounds awful. Oh, it's it's horrendous. I don't like and by the way, our buddy Nick Kelly found it in some cookbook. Like someone suggested that other human beings should make this abomination, should ever combine let me make something abundantly clear. If you're a child and eating spaghettios, that's fine. If it's anything other than that, just throw spaghettios out. We're adults. So what like, all is in it exactly? Is it Go ahead. Go it's, ahead. It's spaghettios, fish, and then there's like a breadcrumb topping that's actually pretty good. And then, what kind of fish? Is it like tuna fish or is it just like, like just like what oh, was it Pollock? Yeah, it was, I, think it was I, I think I used haddock. Oh, well, way to go! But yeah, what did call for Pollock? We should have made it it's tuna. Like a fried fish? Yeah, tuna would have been. No, I mean it's just. But yeah, baked, but you bake it. Yeah, fish. you bake yeah. it. Yes, correct. I'm eating oh, it cold God. too, so it probably even tastes better when it's warm. I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> actually. <laughs> I yeah, actually think that you should true. go warm it up because so I, should, you want to throw I kind of want you to go warm it up and see if it's. I re, I'm not even kidding about that. Uh, I think you might actually be getting away with one by eating it cold. I'm, cold spaghettios aren't. You good. want a microwave fish? Yeah, that, no, is, oh yeah, unfortunately we have other people that use that microwave. Never mind, take it back. You can't do that. Sorry. Damn it. Damn it. I think you're getting away with one today. And there's some broccoli in it too, which. Ah, uh, yeah. Good. All right. Hey, um, the question that I've been asking, starting on uh, the post game show yesterday and into today, Jeremy, should Ravens fans be more celebratory or relieved about yesterday? I think relieved. I mean, you know, you have the Bills coming in. Uh, you did not want to have to go into that game down, you know, uh, or being one and two instead of two and one. And let's be honest, like everything that happened in that game, <clears throat> like I feel like I called the game outside of getting the game right that. The Patriots are going to have plenty of opportunities to win this thing. Um, where I, as I, I felt like a lot of people were writing them off, but they kept they kept making mistakes, and, and the Ravens capitalized on it. But the the thing that I come away from, I said, if this had happened last week, we'd probably be talking the same way about it. like, oh, the defense didn't look good, but they're two and zero, right? And it's just funny that this happens the next week where the defense really wasn't all that good. They just got turnovers, and that changed the game. Um, I, you know, I, there, there's a funny part of me, Jeremy. And I look. Can you count on that moving forward? I, I don't. This is the NFL in 2022. It's hard to have a really good defense. In some odd way, I feel like it's almost as beneficial to be an opportunistic defense, to be a playmaking defense, as it is to try to be a statistically good defense. Just because, like, you're going to face really good teams and really good offense or offenses are always going to be able to beat really good defenses because of the way the rules are set up. I'm not ready to tell you that I think the Ravens are an opportunistic defense just because they you know, made those plays against Mac Jones yesterday. But if they can become that, that really is good enough for me to you to try to pursue a championship. Yeah, I, I think it is, too. I mean, look, there's, there's not a lot to, to love about the pass rush. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about the linebackers today to include them in that, that Patrick Queen has not looked good. Um, but again, you know, it's just a matter of what you're going to run into. Can you continuously – it's just something that we really haven't seen a Ravens team do is just um, outscore opponents. And I'm not talking about just wins and losses. Like, yeah, you win 17-14, you outscored them. But being in shootouts and winning those consistently, that might be something that they have to do this year. And look, Kansas City's done it for a while where their defense has just been okay, but right. the offense has been so good that – it hasn't really mattered. Right. And if you can be, if you can make the plays when you have to make plays to win close games. Dude, that stat about the Bills in one-score games, like, I I am not down on the Bills. There were a lot of fluky things that happened yesterday. Like, I still believe the Bills are the best team in the AFC. But that stat that was like they've lost seven straight one-score games or something like that, like, is really alarming to me in some weird way. 
Because I, I ultimately think that this is, and I get it, it normally needs to come from your rush, and that's the one thing that's still missing, as you point out, for the Baltimore Ravens. But to, to just figure out how to be a team that can make one freaking play at the end of the game when you need to, like that to yeah. me, like you have a great offense. All we need you to do is if the game is tight, make one play. <laughs> like that's it. That's all you got to do. And apparently in close games, the Bills are no good at that. Yeah, it's been strange too. Like, you know, this weekend – um, outside of like, uh, you know, so, like I like the Vikings to to knock off the Lions. They didn't cover. Yeah. You know, I like the I, I talked about the Colts and the Dolphins as my two big upsets. So I feel good about it. Looking at those spots and, and finding the the right place. But I feel like that's and it, this isn't me like patting myself on the back. I, I feel like that's something we're going to do each and every week where right. we're looking at these teams and we start to go, wow, it, like are they that much better than them? Because if you look at next week, like the Ravens uh, are hosting the Bills next week and the Bills come in as three-point favorites, uh, which I found kind of interesting because I thought they, they might be a slight favorite or um, maybe the Ravens would be a really small favorite under three. But it kind of surprised me seeing that just a little bit, knowing that the Bills are still going to be missing a bunch of pieces in their secondary. I hear you. I just, you know, I, th- I think the Ravens still have to prove that they can they can get it done against a real offense. You know what I mean? Like that that... The, the defense was shaky against Mac Jones, so like mm-hmm. I, I kind of get where they're coming from. By the way, yeah, it Mac is, Jones, Mac, don't act like you don't know the name. Um, yeah. oh God, I still my the favorite day of my life was when Mike Jones called into the show. I was so happy because <laughs> John Harbaugh. Yeah, was that like, was a cool moment, dude. It was the greatest thing that John Harbaugh could have ever done for me. John Harbaugh. Uh, shouting out Mike Jones in a press conference gave me an excuse to try to track down Mike Jones. <laughs> like it was the greatest moment I could have ever asked for in my life. Um, yeah, the Bills have lost seven straight one-score games, and they have not won a one-score game since 2020. So weird. So weird, right? So weird, dude. So weird, dude. Well, that's the league right now. I mean, the league is so like is Jacksonville good? Is are the Raiders bad? What are the Titans? What are the you know, one of the Broncos, they're two and one, but they look just dreadful in their games. Um, you know, it's just, I just feel like that this league, like even the NFC side, like you talked about the Bills being the best team in the AFC, and I would agree with that. Um, but when you look at the NFC side, we had three teams that we all had circled at the beginning of the year saying these are the three teams to watch out for with Tampa, Green Bay, and the LA Rams. And I don't know that anybody's looking at those teams. You know, everybody thought they were going to run away with their divisions, what I should say. Right. But I think everybody's looking at the Eagles now going, Hmm. Uh, they look pretty good on both sides of the ball. They do. I mean, this is they they did the thing where they said, "Hey, before we pay our quarterback, let's go all in." And right now, it's it's paying off for them. And their schedule is not overwhelming. Like you keep looking at that schedule, nope. like man, I don't know. They could they could maybe win fifteen games this year. Like they have a well, real chance. And that's the other thing we've seen: the Dolphins, who have played the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens, and you know they're three and zero. And you look at their games going. This might be a team that maybe we got to show a little bit more respect for. In the next, I think their next seven games, they should be favored in every one of them. Mm, mm, mm. Although, you know, I am still nervous about what they did to their quarterback yesterday. I am still, I have some questions about yeah. that scenario. Yeah, that's, well, that's something we all should be talking about. Is like, it, it was that, I mean, he missed three plays, but they throw him right back in the game like it's just going to be okay. Um, but, you know, he, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious how the whole thing plays out if they are going to do that investigation to it because. He looked like he was kind of uh, a little out there. Um, he missed, missed, like I said, missed three plays, but and then they realized, hey, they might come back. All of a sudden, he's back out on the field. He is Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan. Of course, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Uh, let's get to the important stuff, Jeremy. Did you see this tweet yesterday from Vapor Weave that said the following? You ever think about how Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman, and Ashton Kutcher have all made out on screen in any combination? Oh, wow. I have right? not, but that is Black Swan. That is a... Yes. That's, that's amazing. Neither had oh. I ever thought about that, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, like, I think what... Uh, was it Ashton Kutcher who just admitted and said, yeah, we did the same movie that Mila well, did? And they, they did. Uh, By the way, okay, how do you feel? I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I'm assuming you've seen both films. Yeah. I, tr- I, can't, I truly love the stupid Mila Kunis, Justin Timberlake one. And yet, I do too. I never enjoyed the Ashton Kutcher, Natalie Portman one. I, I thought there was nothing there. It was just okay. Like, But th- this has happened for years now where... I guess uh, different companies have put out essentially the same movie going back to what was it, Deep Impact and Armageddon, uh, uh, right? Like end correct. of the world movies. Wasn't wasn't uh, there like an they, Anaconda and uh, another snake movie at the same time? Was it a snake movie? Was it uh, or was it like Lake Placid? I don't know. Like, uh, did Anaconda come out as an, with another snake? I'm trying to remember if that was, but there's a ton of these. Whether it's um, some sort of like romantic comedy, like we talked about with No Strings Attached, and uh, whatever the other By the way, can, can you can you with your life on the line? Like, are you certain yeah. that if somebody put a gun to your head before this conversation and said you have to tell me which of those movies was which, that you would definitely know which one had the which title? Yeah, I okay. would. All right, I would not have. I constantly no strings wrong. attached was uh, Ashton Kutcher and Portman. I I I know I believe you're right, but I'm telling you, I constantly get that wrong. I constantly, or at least struggle with it for a second. I'm and and end up really realizing that I my life might be over in that situation. That well, might be the I, case. You know the other one I think that, that where there were duplicate movies made is, is sometimes it's the horror genre with like the uh, poltergeist type movies or the spirit of this or the exor you know the um, exorcism of what was it Emily wrote like oh, yeah. there were similar movies that came out in the same year but. It, it, it feels like that's that's done quite a bit uh, in the film industry. Or, for example, there were two documentaries made at the exact same time about the Fire Festival, and I said to myself, "I'd watch five more. <laughs> like I can't make make three more Fire Fest documentaries. I will watch all of them. I don't care what you yeah, do." The only thing I realized from the Fire Festival is I'm not that thirsty. Well. I don't need to get water <laughs> in that manner. So. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you certain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Maybe I am a little thirsty. Sometimes you need to take one for the team, my friend. That's just the way yeah. that it goes. I, um, the fact that that guy was willing to jump on that grenade, I mean, like, I know. What a team player, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. he's pr- he truly believes in the cause. Imagine. Well, he was playing for the other team. I, so I, it, I, I mean, understand. But remember, like, he kept saying it was just about how much he believed in Billy McFarland, which says so much about our country. Like, he believed in a shyster that much that he was willing to perform a sex act in order to keep the guy's dream alive of faking it until he made it. Like,. What does that tell us? Doesn't it explain a great deal about maybe, like, say, the last president of the United States? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is kind of funny. Like, and I'm just thinking back. I, I believe the guy that you were talking about, Billy, just didn't he just get out of prison? Oh, did he get out? 
I think he just got out. Oh, yeah. holy crap. Oh, I never. you never know what might be next now. You never know what might be next for that, man. Fire Festival, too. Oh, my God. Well, how does he not? Like, how does he not? See, it's like, do you like your craft singles on top of the lettuce and tomatoes, or do you want it on the side? Uh, maybe if there was a little uh, uh, fish and SpaghettiOs involved, I'd be more oh. willing to enjoy the the craft singles, the cheese sandwiches. I think I'd rather eat the mayonnaise sandwiches. Um, I bring up I bring up rom-coms, and I... And I and I'll have you. Your all-time favorite rom-com is? Oh, um, my all-time favorite rom-com. I it might be like an "I Love You, Man." Okay, or, that's, that's a good one. Um, because I I like all the guys that are in those type of. This is the buddy, but those the buddy cop pick. You know, like I to this is. I always say that my well, all-time can favorite. I give you, I'll give you one that's that's not in that that range if you want. Okay, it, it, uh, you can make fun of me all you want. It's Notting Hill. Okay. Whoopsie Daisy. Okay. Like that, that, I, I, that movie, I, I love the soundtrack. I love the movie. Like everyone's introductions uh, to Reese uh, um, who's now on like the House of Dragons. He was in the replacements as the kicker. He's the stupid nude Welsh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah in uh, Night's yeah. Tale. Yeah. Yeah. So, love that guy. No, he's not in the Night's Tale. No, that's not the same guy? No, that you're thinking of the guy that, isn't that the guy that dated, no, um, what's his name? Uh, that's Vision, the guy that plays Vision. Oh, that's Paul Bettany that was in Knight's Tale? Really? Yes, Paul God, Bettany. I am getting old, bro. I am getting really yeah. old. I didn't realize. I, maybe I did know that was Paul Bettany. Maybe you I know, didn't know. He goes, you daft prick. Yeah, yeah so all right, uh, maybe I didn't know that. I have that. Yeah, up. so Notting Hill would be it for me. Okay, I'm a love actually man myself. I enjoy that's that a great deal. That's a great deal. one, too. It's a really you good. You can pick anything with Hugh Grant. I always say my answer when somebody asks about rom-com specifically, I always say my answer is knocked up and people think that you're cheating because, you know, it was an Apatow film. But, like, it was a it was a rom-com. Like, let's be honest yeah. about it. It was a movie for chicks that, like, dudes could also enjoy because it was an Apatow film. Like, Honey, I got Matt Suey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I and mean, he's wearing all the Orioles gear. And I'm like, why does Paul Rudd love the Orioles? I don't get it. And, by the way, This is 40 is a sequel to that. That's right. kind of weird. I did not. Yeah. It was it was too much. That came off a little. This is forty to me. Came off a bit incestuous. Like Judd Apatow just wants you to care about Judd Apatow at that point. Like it it was maybe an maybe, hour. Maybe, but I really liked it because I saw some similarities to my life. And, I like, get that. You know, I get that. Yeah. I just I thought it was about an hour too long. Like I didn't think it was a bad movie. I didn't think it was bad. Mm -hmm. I just thought like you could have you literally could have lopped an hour off of it and still would have been a fine movie. I bring all this up because of course Jeremy, uh I think we need to uh try to organize uh going out for a screening this week because yeah. because Bros hits theaters this week. Oh, does it? And I think we need to see if maybe like there are some Baltimore sports radio listeners that would want to go see Bros with their bros. Like I think this is the moment like dudes have been waiting for this moment for a long time. It's it's yeah. finally a romantic comedy for dudes, you know. Like well, you're gonna, I'm going to Jamaica on Wednesday. Oh, you're killing me! Back. All right, yeah. I might be willing to do that. Maybe I'd be willing to wait. I just feel like this is our moment that everybody's well, been waiting I, for. I should say I'm supposed to go to Jamaica on Wednesday, but there's a hurricane that might ruin all of my plans. Oh God, I did. There's another one because another one. One just came through, and there's like another one on the way, right? Yeah, I think it's is it Ian or Ian? It doesn't Ian, matter either yeah. way. Both of them piss me well, off. Well, I, I believe it's Ian because he's then he's coming to call the Ravens game on Sunday um, yeah. against <laughs> the Bills. The yeah, right. Uh, uh, so okay, this is fascinating to me. How do you make this decision? Like, are are you just we're committed to going? 
if we get there and there's a problem, we deal with it when we get there? Or is there a part of you that's like, dude, I, I want to go to Jamaica, but if we're walking right into a hurricane, I ain't getting on that plane. Well, I think the hurricane is going to pass through. I think our big problem is that we have a layover in Florida, and by the time we get to Florida, the hurricane should be hitting there. So um, if it touches down, or even if, like, you know, just bad bad weather. Um, I mean, look, I'm in as long as the pilot's good. As long as he's okay with it, if he feels like going up there. We go down, we go down. It just happens. Like you're not better than he is at his job. You're not going to say, yeah. "Dude, I don't think you should be flying." He's going to say, "I yeah. might know a little bit better than you do about this." Subject. I'm going to go up there and be like, "How many minis do you guys need to get through this flight?" <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's I mean, I had the worst turbulence I've ever had coming back from the Ravens Super Bowl. Now I came back that Saturday night, but the I didn't get to go to the game. But I, in flying back, we had the worst turbulence from New Orleans to Carolina, where it felt like the plane was going to fall out of the sky about 50 times. Dude, like, I've never seen anything like it. Dude, I flew one of the times that I, when I was living in Arizona, one of the flights I had back um, I, from Baltimore back to Phoenix, I remember, like, there, the person, there was a woman sitting next to me who I was chatting with because she was pleasant and she was attractive. And, you know, we were mm -hmm. just having a nice conversation. And the turbulence got so bad that she started praying, and I was like, and I'm not even a religious person. I'm like, can I pray with you? <laughs> like, it was that terrifying to me. See, I want to be different in the moment. I want to be the one guy smiling so everybody has, like, right. what's wrong with him? Or just start chanting in tongues right. and seeing how everybody reacts to it. Right. So. Hail Satan. Um, do, do you have a, a big – sports sports radio, for some reason, exists to debate the stupid effing Pro Bowl. So I don't give a rat's ass about it one way or the other. And, and oddly, in a weird way, I'm actually a bit surprised they're canceling it because people still watch the dumb thing. It, you were basically playing a flag football game anyway. It's not like anybody was getting hurt. I don't really understand why they felt the need to get rid of the thing. But do you have a take whatsoever about the stupid Pro Bowl? No, it sucks. I mean, the Pro Bowl, and I don't mean the decision, the Pro Bowl sucks. So I have no problem with it. And, and as much as we all say nobody's watching, I mean, they're still getting more viewers than, than a lot of programming on TV that people think are, you know, that, are, that that's good. So people do tune in. It's nowhere near like the regular NFL games or, you know, the playoffs, anything like that. But it sucks. I mean, let's be honest. Like when, when guys are out there and it's a, it's a very vanilla defense, you got kids calling plays. Like it's just, it's not even fun. It's kind of, it's just kind of goofy. So um, I'm glad they're switching it up. I wish they would have went back to more of like you, a By the way, Griffin, did you just finish? I think Griffin just finished his – Griffin, I'm really nervous that he actually, like, enjoyed this. He No, I – He didn't waste let's time. Let's not get it twisted. I did not enjoy this. You ate an entire bowl of that in 30 minutes, though. I mean, how long did it take oh. me to do the sandwich? Like, I'm just trying to get it done. God. That's my mentality. Oh. oh, how you feeling? Much better than after the uh, all right, pepper, the pepper okay. sandwich. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry, Jeremy. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I would have I would have thrown up probably two I, bites into I that. I swear thing. to God, I am I'm starting to worry about Griffin. I'm starting to think that maybe he might need to be on a no fly list. Like, there's, there's far well, worse things to be eating than Jesus Christ. that. He might be a savage for all we know. Yeah, it's possible, <laughs> dude. You know, like, are, but are you going to be any more willing to watch this? Like they've done like the dodgeball, and they've done. To me, the quarterback skills thing when I was a kid was neat, like watching them throw the ball at the moving targets. But it wasn't mm -hmm. something that I was tuning in for, like if they ran it live. It was the type of thing that like if I was up at 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday night outside of football season, there was nothing to watch. 
then maybe but, I'll watch that. Like, I'm not tuning in. There's nothing it. else going on in February, so you might be dying for it unless you're I, a I, But that's the thing. Fan. I like college basketball. Like, I'm just not pressed. I do too, but like on point. a random night to have something, even if you don't want to watch it, like, we'll still watch the highlights of it. Like, I agree with you. Like, seeing so, the quarterback challenges that they used to have, I thought that stuff was cool. Hell, they thought it was cool enough they made a video game out of it. Right. Um, the, the obstacle courses and different things, watching the guys catching passes one handed. Um, you know, there's, there's all types of things they could do to make it interesting. Uh, but again, it, it, nobody really cares about it, but the NFL is not just going to get rid of it because they need something to monetize. You know, I, um, they love, I, I don't know how much I can stress this. They love money yeah. and anything that can bring in money, they'll keep beating it with, uh, you know, beating that dead horse with a bat as much as they can. I guess I, man, and again, I'm not like I, I'm not bothered by any of it. I really am just surprised. Like, there's no reason why they couldn't have done all of these things. Like, you know, yeah. play the dumb game and do all of the skills competition and and make as much. I'm I am genuinely surprised that they would get rid of a game unless, of course, the players at some point just came back and said, "Dude, we're done. We're we're stop. We're not doing it any longer. Stop." It's Why not just have a decathlon of like dumb things? Like we could have guys playing chess. Maybe they could use the whole anal beat thing with the, wow. the way the chess thing was going. Wow! You heard about that, right? No, I'm not familiar. Oh, well, you got to look up the right. uh, the chess master. He lost a what is it? The greatest chess player in the world is it Magnus right. something? Okay. Where his opponent was using electronic anal beats, where they were sending pulses to tell him where to what? move. So essentially, he was playing against AI. What? Look it up. I didn't make this up. I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Yeah. What? Oh so we could have something like that, maybe a God. trivia contest. Yeah. I am I am still trying to like, The chess uh, world was rocked. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I just want to know I I want to know what it was like in the moment. Like somebody approaches somebody and says, "Dude, I've got an idea. You're going to be able to beat the greatest chess player in the world." And they were like, so, "All right. You, I'm listening. All right. You, all you got to do It would have been great it w- Glenn, it would have been great had he lifted up the piece. And, you know, you can't take your fingers off of it. If his, if it just kept vibrating in his ass until he got over the right spot, then it would stop. And then if he moved <laughs> off it, it would start vibrating again. That would like his opponent must be going, "What's this guy doing?" Is he scanning the entire board? But you know, it, what the, it's a really weird story. You know what the weird part is? Is he kept asking to play another match afterwards? They were like, "Dude, you already, <laughs> you already won." And he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but I, we can run it back if you want. Like, why not play one more?" <laughs> Be careful getting those things out. You might start them up like a lawnmower. So uh, I can't believe I hadn't heard about well, this story. The thing that I can't get past is how long, and I know the answer to this, but I won't reveal it. How long do you have to practice this to get it down? Right. Like, <laughs> how loose is his goose right now right. is what I want to know. God. Yeah. I, I, did they have to upgrade? The, I mean, did they start off with marbles and work their way up to golf balls? And by the way, apparently there's so there's enough money involved with chess that someone definitely had to be like responsible for lubing this man up beforehand. Yeah. Like another person was paid American dollars to be responsible for having the lubed finger. Like, well, I mean, what if what if just like you know you get a self cleaning oven? He's a self lubing man. A I mean, self- that's a possibility too. God, yeah. Damn. You don't need to add anything. Oh, this is this is unbelievable. I can't. I am. I am. My mind is fully blown. All right. Um, what, what's coming up with the Big Bad Morning Show this week? It's not going to be better than this. I promise. Well, I got one more show this week. All oh, right, uh, then you're going to Jamaica. Yeah, to Jamaica. You just said Wednesday, you just said but, uh, yeah, I screwed be... up. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's fine. Like uh, it's it's going to be a big week leading into the Buffalo Bills. I'm just hoping in Jamaica that the Bills are Bills Ravens should be a nationally televised game. That that winds up in the market that I'll be in. 
uh, so I can see it while I'm down there. I mean, is this a, an, an anniversary or what is this? So yeah, our, my, it's kind of a, so my wife and I got married on one of my best friend's birthdays. Unknowingly, when we picked the date, we didn't realize it, but it was 10 to 10 was our, our anniversary. So my buddy and I always text like happy birth diversary, like a little celebration. That's so great. he's turning 40. So they were planning on doing something like three or four days in Jamaica for him. So I looked at my wife and I said, well, why don't we go down for a week? We'll have a couple of days for ourselves and then get to spend four days with, you know, seven of my, uh, my friends and their wives I or girlfriends. That. I love that. Yeah. Or, or both. If they, if that's or what both. they're into. Or boyfriend. I don't care what they're into. All right, pal. At Jeremy Con 105.7, uh, picks every day, pressboxonline.com. Happy anniversary, pal. Uh, we, by the way, you haven't taken me to Jamaica for our anniversary, so I'm a little bit offended by it, but we'll talk about that at another No, I'm going to take you to a much classier place. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And we can play like some, Glory Days. That's where it, you and I are going to go. And we can play some chess. Um, yeah. <laughs> love you, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you next <laughs> month. All right, when are you back? You, Maybe we won't talk to you next oh, month. I'm back next Wednesday. All right. We'll talk to you the following week. Thank you, Pat. All, All right, man. See you, buddy. Okay. Jeremy Kahn, 1057 The Fan. Uh, love that guy. Hey, the next Tyus Bowser show is not tomorrow night. It will be the following Tuesday, October 4th. We'll be back at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, 1611 Guilford Avenue. Heard some rumors about maybe who Tyus might be bringing out. Pretty big guest that could be joining us next Tuesday night. You're going to want to join us as well. Find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. We come back in. Uh, we're scheduled to be joined by Brandon Stevens of the Baltimore Ravens. And we know Brandon Copeland is also going to join us. We're having a Brandon Day. We hope. But we, Brandon Copeland, our buddy, uh, what a cool moment for him yesterday. He's definitely going to join us before the show is over, so we're looking forward to that as well. It's Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus, some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. 
Update brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit. The longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face continue along on a monday edition of gcr day after the ravens went up in new england got their first ever regular season win in foxborough no, our buddy Brandon Copeland's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. We still need to dish out our pats on the ass. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. You know the rules. You pick five Ravens. You rank them five to one. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you'd like. Another offense. You can have whoever you'd like. Another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach. Any of those work for the fifth spot on Pats on the Ass. Ooh, hello. Mm. I wasn't even the one that ate all the uh, the SpaghettiOs and, and fish, and yet I had a, a little moment there. Uh, we will get to that here in just a second. If it doesn't work, that's all right. We can try you know, tomorrow, or we can try later today, whatever it is, see if we can't make it up with Brandon Stevens. Um, you know, these things happen understand i like brandon he's a good guy so uh i believe that he's trying to make it work but uh they're probably headed back into the building today and and getting a lot of things done so i tell you what we'll go ahead we'll do pats on the ass if brandon stevens calls we'll work around it we'll figure out a way to make it all possible that's the way that it will go pats on the ass brought to you by guilford hall brewery as i said that's where we're going to be for the next Tyus Bowser show, one week from tomorrow night, Tuesday, October 4th, we'll be back in Station North, 1611 Guilford Avenue. Hope you guys enjoyed the Oktoberfest party this Saturday. It is an amazing location. It is truly a gem in our city. Um, indoor and outdoor areas, multiple levels. You can have private events there. They've got the screen up now for football Sundays. They're open seven days a week. The delicious uh, craft beer, the outstanding Bavarian menu, it, everything about Guilford Hall Brewery is spectacular. I, I am so excited that we are going back there. GuilfordHall.com is the website. Guilford Hall Brewery. Um, they also do trivias and yappy hours. You can get the entire schedule events, again, at GuilfordHall.com. All right, uh, Pat's on the ass. I will begin. Um, we go 5-1 to one with number one being your man of the match. Probably not going to be a lot of drama when it comes to man of the match this week. 
Um, I'll start with my number five. My number five was tough. Uh, it's funny because one of the first responders today was like, I don't really know how there are that many arguments. I, I disagree. I think there are a ton of arguments. I think there are something like 10 to 12 players that I could have considered. Um, I think Daniel Fa'alele warranted consideration. I think Justice Hill warranted consideration. I think Justin Matabuike warranted consideration. Marcus Peters wasn't on my list. I think warranted consideration. The toughest one for me to leave off, the guy that was most difficult for me to leave off was Kyle Hamilton because it was such a big play. But it was one play. And on the flip side, I thought Josh Bynes, who was my number five, was active throughout the day. I thought the interception was critical at that point of the game. It was a very nice play. This wasn't a lollipop that was thrown up like the Peters interception at the end of the game. That was a lollipop, right? Like he just sort of waited. He could have fair caught that thing. Josh Bynes' interception was a really, you know, he had to make a, a legitimate athletic play in order to come up with it. Um, I think he finished with 10 tackles, if I remember correctly. He I think was you were right. All yeah, over I think he was the leading tackler. Yeah, he was all over the place. I, and I, I think he was, you know, the best player on the field. No, but I thought he was damn well deserving of it. So Josh Bynes is my number five. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I thought there were plenty of guys. Josh Bynes, I was thinking about putting him as my number five. Uh, Devin Duvernay, I thought, just to, just the way just... No, he was my number. He game. was my number four. We'll oh, get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I decided to go with Daniel Falele. Okay. Um, because I mean I didn't think he looked good at all in the first half. He did not. And I, I gave up two sacks. Yeah, I said to my friend, I was like, I said Falele is a revolving door right now. And then he came out in the second half, and I, for his first time ever playing the position, mm-hmm. I mean, he looked he looked very very. Uh, to be fair, I don't know if he did it at IMG Academy or something right, like that. Yeah. He didn't play. He hasn't played it in college, right? Or right. you know, obviously the NFL until yesterday. Um, but yeah, so I think he stepped up huge in a spot that the Ravens really have not had an answer for in a, over a, a, almost. Two years. Uh, to be fair, like, I think McCarry played as yeah. well as you could have a- imagined him playing. I, I think he was fine. Um, and they also they helped out Falele a lot. Like they they, mm-hmm. they they did some things in order to make that more tenable. They have a real problem. We have to see what the McCarry situation is, and we keep wondering aloud about Ronnie Stanley. Like, is he a thing? I don't yeah. I don't know. Don't have that answer. Um, but yeah, I thought he played as 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 admirably as you could have imagined in the second Ooh. half. Oh, hello! Thought I, had, thought I had a burp in there. Oh kinda, boy! Kinda what what, is it, what did that taste like? Oh, oh, I mean, oh. It's, it's a lot of. It's mostly the sauce, like the spaghettio sauce. Yeah, because the spaghettios. <laughs> we're not gonna. You're, you're, you're a child. Just cold spaghettios is, yeah. is what it is. Um, number four for me is Devin Duvernay. Um, probably should have had a touchdown on the punt return. That's the only thing. Like, I hate criticizing it because it was a hell of a play, but when he got slowed down, I, I don't know. I think that messed with him a little bit, and he missed that if he cuts back in, he's got a touchdown at that point but obviously a huge return big offensive play for the ravens at that point you add in the third down conversion and then you throw in what was a great touchdown grab obviously we were all mesmerized by the throw but the catch is equally spectacular from devin duvernay and it's his second truly spectacular touchdown catch this season devin duvernay becoming a thing we're gonna have joe serpico on tomorrow and we're gonna have to talk about whether or not like the last time we asked he was like no i don't know man maybe we got to start thinking about owning devin duvernay because the opportunity is there and the ravens are scoring a bunch of points devin duvernay is my number four uh my number four i'm going with probably could be interchangeable with my number three but i'm going with marlon humphrey here yep big interception he was missed uh last week when he was playing limited on a limited basis in that fourth quarter uh if at all 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's very important that he was back out there for every single snap alongside Marcus Peters, who I guess I'll just give it away. Marcus Peters was my number three. So, so. yeah, Marcus Peters didn't make my list. The thing about um, because Humphrey's my number three. There's two things that stand out with me with Humphrey. One, he's clearly not 100. percent That's that's obvious, and they're asking him to play inside, which is funny because on the Tyus Bowser show, he was like, I don't think I'm be playing that much more inside. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I may, and maybe I mean, he was being purposely decept- deceptive, right? Like he might, he might have known this is what he was going to be doing, and he just wanted to make sure the Patriots didn't know that. Um, but it appears as though his usage was kind of related to the injury. But that not only have him out there, I, if you could take something away from the interception and say he just basically caught a ball that was thrown to the back of the end zone, like it was his ball to catch. But you know, he still made the play, obviously. And for example, Patrick Queen had a ball that was his to catch that. He did. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it wasn't as easy of a catch to make. I mean, that ball came in with more pace than the one that uh, Humphrey caught. Um, but the fourth down stop is the one that stands out to me the biggest. Yeah. I mean, like that to me jumps off the page as, dude, there's a guy that's not 100%. That really is an outside corner. And yet here he is knowing it's a bit of a do or die moment and he's ready to make a sure tackle like, not a shoulder shove, not a slow you down, a wrap-up tackle to make sure that you get off the field. And I don't know how many top cornerbacks in the NFL are making that tackle. So I thought that was yeah. massive. He's, he's That's huge. Why he was I mean, he's, I think he's, he's, more, he's a top five corner in the game, like no well, doubt. He, I mean, he wasn't a year when, ago, but yeah. – you know, but when he plays when, his best. When he's 100%, and yeah. I mean, he plays like he did yesterday. He wasn't even 100%. But yeah, Marcus Peters, my number three. Uh, I mean, he's I, he always is in the right spot at the right time. The big fumble recovery, keeping make sure he stayed in bounds to establish the fumble recovery, and then the interception at the end. I mean, missed him too, and uh, good to have him back. Number two and number one, I think, were pretty easy. Look, Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. He's a monster. There's no, There's nothing. What else do you say? Love the design on the third and uh, third and one from the six. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Uh, that play always. I don't know why it always works. Why does that call always work? It's like never failed. Um, Love that. Um, and you know he just reminds you he's Mark Andrews and he's very good at this. Um, he is a superstar in this league. That we can talk about the Ravens lacking high end at certain positions. They've got high-end and arguably highest-end. I think we've, we had just sort of accepted Travis Kelsey as being the best tight end in football, and he might very well be, but there's not that much separation, if there is any at all, between he and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, uh, wonderful, just wonderful. He's unbelievable. I mean, the, whether it's the run after the catch, whether it's one-handed catches, 50-50 balls that he turns into 80-20 balls in favor of him, I mean, he just he does everything. I don't know what we would be doing without him. Like, I don't know. Um, and number one, of course, th- that was simple. It was um, Jordan Stout. He was, you know, yeah, the one was a little shaky. <laughs> Look, Lamar Jackson's number one, and, and there's no debate about it. There's no argument about uh, whether Lamar Jackson's number one. He was he was genius yesterday. I mean, he was it was virtuoso. It was like when uh, 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 my man Jamma uh, uh, chimed in earlier, like command is just like you keep coming back to command. Like that dude is in complete control. Total, complete, one hundred percent control. I, it's magical, dude. It's just purely magical. 
Um, some of your responses. Got some good lists today. Brian Reynolds, uh, Hamilton 5 because he hustled and caused the fumble after a terrible week. Four, Marlon for the pick. Three, Greg Roman. Um, and I think Greg Roman deserves credit. I agree. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number one, uh, Lamar Jackson because he is Lamar. Uh, Paul from Ovilando, number five, Marlin, the key fourth down tackle, interception in the fourth quarter. Four, Greg Roman, called a good game overall, went into the vault for a few plays. Number three, Marcus Peters, back to being in the right place at the right time for two turnovers. Number two, Mark Andrews, after a drop to start the game, he was Mr. Reliable again. And number one, Lamar, who is on a mission. Our buddy Paul Valley checks in. Number five, Marlon Humphrey, big interception. He tackled really well, especially down the stretch. For Greg Roman, red zone play calling superb. Getting a lot of Greg Roman from uh, yeah, from folks. Very surprising. Um, I, I agree with them. I'm yeah. just, you know, we're not used to it. Red zone play calling was superb. He drew up schemes to protect his rookie tackle. Uh, number three, Mark Andrews, yeoman's work. He seemingly makes the list every week they win. Number two, Marcus Peters, the juice man is back. And number one, Lamar, duh. Yeah, I mean, I think we all agree with that. Uh, Nick, number five, uh, uh, ooh, Hill definitely yeah. found the holes after last week. All right, okay, Justice Hill. Number four, Kyle Hamilton probably had the best, uh, most important defense play of the game. Number three, Marcus Peters. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number one, pay the man, Lamar Jackson. From Vincent, uh, one, Lamar, two, Andrews, three, Peters, four, Marlon, five, Fa'alele, like you. Um, my buddy uh, who goes by T'Challa, and I always forget. Dude, I'm sorry. I always forget your real name is. Um, but uh, he tried to cheat. He went one Lamar, two Andrews, three Matabuike. I thought Matabuike had a good game. It just didn't make the impactful plays that stood out for me. Uh, four Marlon Humphrey, and then he tried to make Falele and Duvernay a tie at number five. That is cheating. You made a six-man list. You're not allowed to cheat. Uh, our buddy Dylan... <laughs> When he sent that, I was very confused because he sent a list that said one Lamar, two Marcus Williams. I don't know about that. Three Marlon Humphrey, four Marcus Peters, and then five Demarcus Robinson. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? But he followed up very quickly to say, I'm sorry. I meant Duvernay. I blame it being a Monday. Like a few people might have done some Sunday drinking around town. I understand. Uh, uh, Oz, one Lamar, two Mark Andrews, three Marcus Peters, four Marlon Humphrey, five Rashad Bateman. was a little bit uh, quieter yesterday, but did have um, – you know, a big play late in the game down the sideline for a huge gainer. Uh, he did have that. and You know, was that actually a fumble or not? Uh, I, uh, we could be here. We would be debating that for an eternity. I don't think it's egregious that they didn't overturn it. I don't. I think John Harbaugh is going to scream about it, but I think he's wrong. I don't think it's egregious that they didn't overturn that. Um, I'm fine with that. It was 50-50. Um, uh, from PP, Purple Pants, one Lamar, two Andrews, three Marlin, four Peters, five Hamilton is his list. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Again, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is how you get me your lists for Pats on the Ass. And we will continue to share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. And we will get our own up, glennclarkradio.com. Um, at some point during the course of the day as well. Should should we take our, our last break? Yeah, should we, you wanna stay you wanna stay right here? You wanna stay we'll stay right here. All right. We'll do that. Today's show is also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the best horses and riders. Compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Whew. I told you earlier, my allergies are getting to me. And like my, you're getting to that point where like your throat, 
and you've been talking for two hours, and you're like, yeah, I could really use a, I could really use a water or Allegra, something like that. Don't love this time of year. I do love that we get to have this conversation. I have had so many conversations with this man. I, I mean, I, I think we've talked a hundred times, but this is by far the most special conversation I'm ever going to have with this guy. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say it brought a tear to my eye yesterday because like that, that might be over the top, but I think you guys know how I feel about Brandon Copeland as a human, as a person, as what he's done for our city, how much he cares about this place. If you remember the last time he was with us, he was talking about how he would be willing to drive himself back to Baltimore and just try out to continue his career with the Ravens. And not only does he get the opportunity to continue his career with the Ravens, he gets a huge sack, another massive pressure, and helps them get a big win on the road against the Patriots. Uh, it is truly a thrill to welcome our friend Brandon Copeland back to this program this morning. Dude, I, I, I can only imagine. I, it was emotional for me yesterday. I can only imagine how emotional it was for you. Thank you for taking the time for us as always, and congratulations, my friends. Glenn, thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's a, yesterday was an amazing day. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, life changes fast, right? You go from, quote, unquote, sitting on the couch or being on the street, uh, you know, in football terminology, right, to playing in, in you know, in New England and, and playing with a, the team you always dreamed of being with and, and trying to make plays that can – help make your city proud and so you know yeah it was an amazing day and and excited to be on talking talking football with you and then specifically talking ravens football. dude i mean like all these years all these years this is <laughs> uh, do, do you allow yourself a moment man like I, I i get you got a job to do and you need to help your team win a football game and you're being asked maybe even to play a little out of position um as you're doing that and so you got to be focused but do you allow yourself a moment to, to soak any of that in you've had so you've done so many things in football but this is so unique do you give yourself a moment at some point yesterday to just stop and be like holy crap this is really happening yeah i think uh you know i'm i'm attacking this season a bit differently than i have in the past you know i'm slowing down and i'm just kind of being grateful for for the the small moments i think my entire career has been um, you know, obviously undrafted free agent and everything is week to week, even now. I mean, you know, they, they could be trying to replace me right now, you know, frankly. Uh, I'm sure they are trying to replace me in a period right now, you know, and, and I don't take it personally. So I, I just more, um, it's always been a focus on, all right, how do I, not just how do I stick around, but like, you know, it's on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And so for me now, this year, it's like, again, I'm living you know, life after death, so to speak. I'm I'm just playing with house money and, and I'm soaking in the national anthem, I'm soaking in the pregame, I'm soaking in the, the police escorts, you know, to the stadium, away from the stadium, the the plane rides, I'm soaking in all the little details, um, and just enjoying it all and, and and hopefully um hopefully it leads to, to you know, the best season of my, my career. I mean, I, 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 pretty decent start, bro. <laughs> like, not a bad <laughs> way to start. Brandon Copeland is with us on GCR. It, it, this is the other part that's that's weird to me because you've done so many things in the NFL and you've accomplished so many things. But I, I think most people around here would like to hope, like when they're growing up, they would that it would somehow mean more 
to do it playing for their hometown team. And what you just said is important because you don't know. In three weeks, you might be playing for the Jaguars or something. Like, um, but but did it did it have that feel of like in some weird way? It was more meaningful even to you knowing this was the team that, you know, you grew up watching and knowing that this is the city that like your grandfather played in. Like, did you have any of those feelings playing for the Ravens on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. I think that, you know, for me, this is the dream come true, right? I was an eight year old kid, a 10 year old kid, a 12 year old kid, a high school kid. and, And these were the games I was watching, right? I was watching, a younger version of me was watching me today. Or there's a kid out there right now that was watching me yesterday that's saying, hey, I want to wear a jersey and get a sack against the Patriots one day, yeah. right? And to me, that's a pretty cool thing. Everything that I've done um, in the city with our foundation, with Beyond the Basics, right? Like everything I've done has been to try to make a, uh, a younger version of me's life easier or simpler or give them the blueprint um, so that they can not – go through the mistakes that I've gone through or other people have gone through. Right. And so, yes, 100%, you know, thinking about that younger version of myself watching that game yesterday and thinking about me at 12 years old, watching Suggs and Mike McCrary and Goose and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Chris McAllister and all of those, you know, names that we grew up on Dion, you know, um, it, the coolest feeling in the world. And, and I was, I'm fortunate. My wife is amazing. Taylor's amazing. Uh, my family's amazing. They, they made the trip out oh, there um, to so the game. Cool. And so, you know, for me, I, it's uh, everything is full circle. Like, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I dreamed of uh, my, my dreams have layers and not to get too deep, but like I, I dream of, I grew up dreaming of giving back to my community, but also grew up dreaming of my kids coming to watch me play. And as of yesterday, I checked that off the list, right? doesn't mean I'm done. Still got some things to do. But as of yesterday, again, I feel full, so to speak. Um, And you know me. I'm I'm an ambitious dude. So, you know, we got, again, my dreams have layers. We got some more things we got to accomplish. But, again, I could take a moment to say, wow, it is pretty powerful uh, (laughs) with, you know, a 12-year-old kid dreamed up. It just happened yesterday. He is Brandon Copeland, and he is really trying to make me cry. <laughs> like, my <laughs> God, dude. I I don't like being this guy because, you know, like, at some level I'm supposed to still, like, be a journalist or whatever the F you call it. But, like, mm-hmm. you, you you know the affinity that I have for you, man. You know you know how I appreciate it. how much it means to me that, that you have cared so much about this place. And, um Listen, you describe this, and and now me being a father too, like like hearing you say those words, bro. Like I'm, whew, that is that is moving, man. That is really freaking moving. Um, okay, so let's talk about the position thing. Like when when you when you when you came in, when you worked out, and when you know you were signed to the practice. Like was there was there something said like, hey, dude, just be aware. Like we have a real problem on the outside right now. Like we are thin. <laughs> Like we we might need you to help out in that way, or was that just sort of thrown upon you in the moment because they were that thin? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, for me, obviously, you know, I've I played so many different positions at this point that people don't even know what position I play. I, I don't even right. know what position I play week to week. To be honest with you, you know, sometimes I literally go up on 
on Monday or Tuesday, and I ask Coach, hey, what should I be focusing on this week? And then literally the day before <laughs> the game, I get thrown into something different, you know? So um, for, for me, you know, obviously, you know, we, we've been outside and, and um, you know, for me, being able to – being cross-trained, so to speak, has been uh, – what's one of the things that I think has kept me around for, for so many years, right? It's uh, hard to get rid of that guy that can do a lot well. And so, um, you know, I, I told coaches yesterday, and even on the sideline during certain times of the game and stuff like that, you know, they come, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do the coach? It's football. Like, <laughs> I got you. Like, whatever you need, I got you. Like, it's not, I know, oh, what, have you, you know, I know you just got here, and do you know that coach, speed ball, get ball. Like, it is what it is, right? And I think that, you know, that's that's my grandfather, you know, I will say that. Shout out to, to, to my granddad, Roy Hilton. Um, you know, I know he was looking down, smiling yesterday, but one of the things he taught me when I was younger is just, you know, he always looked at football as, as a, a two people being thrown into a trash can. And, you know, I think I probably told this on the show before, but he always, he would always rip up his paper and newspaper and boxes and stuff like that to get more, the most room in the trash bag as possible, right? Old school. And, and so, you know, he, he looked at me one day and, and was like, you know, Coke, you know why I was good at football? And I was like, why, Granddad? And I'm like 12 years old, literally about 12. And um, he said, I always looked at football as just a, a, this trash can. Like, you put two people in this trash can and you say only one of you can come out. You know, I don't care if that other person is all world, all American, all pro. I don't care if it's Zeus. If it's me and you in that trash can, I got to come out. And so – it's that simple. And so literally as a kid, you know, I, I just have always taken on that, that mindset when we get onto the field, it's like, yeah, you know, you got your X's and O's, you got to understand the scheme and I'm, you know, smart enough to keep up and, and come in and learn a playbook in a few days and, and be able to, to be effective on Sunday. But ultimately when that ball is snapped, right, it's, it's the game that, you know, I fell in love with as a fourth grader where I just got to run around and hit people. And so, you know, sometimes scheme um, will, will detract from that. And, and that's one of the things that I think that, you know, I appreciate the coaches for, for believing in me with, you know, that it wasn't just me talking about it yesterday. It was just like, listen, coach, like I, I, I got the system. I understand it too. I understand as much of the playbook that I need to understand. Yeah. At the end of the day, put me on the left side, right side. I don't care. Put me in the middle. It, it doesn't matter. See ball, get ball. Like He's got the ball. He's got to get down. Let's go get him. You know? And so it's not always going to look perfect. It's not always going to be the cleanest. I'm not looking like Aaron Donald out there, but you know, I've, I've come to accept that I'm, I'm Brandon Copeland. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to be the best version of myself. And you made a serious impact on the football game, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing that stands out. It wasn't just, like, some people can get, like, a gift sack at some point, right? Like, you made a couple mm -hmm. of massive plays and helping to force the interception. Like, it it was pretty clear. And I know that that's not surprising. You're like, dude, yeah, there's a reason I've been in the league for 10 years. Like, I can make football uh, plays. Like, I know oh, what I'm look. doing. Um, but yeah. I, I think to be thrown into the mix in a new place and to be making an obvious impact, it, the idea of them trying to do better, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that they're gonna be able to do better. I, I think they've got better. Um, I know I'm not. I know <laughs> I appreciate I'm, you. I know I'm biased. But yeah, well, it's, it's what well, it is. I mean, I, I, if you don't mind, I will like to add something because I think that it's important for those who may not know me or or just getting to know me. Right? It's it's you you know me and. and We've had some amazing conversations on this show, and, and um, 
you know, when you, the, the game of football and the NFL especially, right, is such a what have you done for me lately sport. It's what have you done for me lately, right? And, and you know, especially me sitting out and being told, when you're sitting out, you're basically told that for some people who say, oh, you just got to wait your time. For me, I hear that as you're not good enough to be on my team, right? We have other people that are better than you. That is what drives me to keep working out, to keep, you know, proving all those people wrong. And sometimes in that pursuit of I got to prove you wrong, I got to prove you wrong, it's easy for you to forget all of the amazing things that you've done over your career and over your life, right? It's easy for you to look at yourself in the mirror. And I mean, I'm I'm talking about football, but I'm more of saying this to anybody out there who, who mm. might be going through a similar situation just in a different universe, right? Um, it's easy for you to look in the mirror and, and point out all your weaknesses that other people um, may see or, or may devalue you with. And so I think that over this time, you know, I, I was talking with some other players who who had sat out. I was talking with Josh Bynes, right? Yeah. Our Mike linebacker yeah. who who sat out for his time and, and came back and came back with a vengeance uh, a few years ago, right? And and just figuring out how they dealt with it. But ultimately, you know, I, I guess the moral of the story is you got to believe in yourself, right? And 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 for me, it's it's a, a a relentless belief in myself, but also throughout this time, I've been able to work on my mind to really appreciate who I am, because especially in this business, a lot of people will try to compare you and tell you, hey, why don't you do it like this guy, or why don't you do it like this guy, or I used to coach this guy, and he did it like this, and now I'm very comfortable in him, and honestly, it's it's like man, 10 years later, right? But now I'm very comfortable saying like, that's really good for what you and that guy did. I'm me, so I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it. And if you like it, great. If not, oh, well. But we'll never know how good Brandon Copeland can be if you always keep trying to make me be this other guy. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that that's the, the moral of the story, you know, is, you know, we all have value and, and we all do some amazing things. And because of social media, because of, you know, just the natural, the world and the criticism we all get, the critique we all get, which is important for us to reach our full potential. Um, it's important to hear that and understand it and listen and use it as fuel. But I think it's also important for us to make sure that we also keep a, a strong sense of self as we are chasing that next, you know, check on the bucket list, so to speak. Dude, that is really powerful and, and, and speaks to some of my own insecurities, and I can't lie about that. And I think, I think we all have some of that, right? That, yeah, like, we you know, we, we forget, like, we, we do have, we have something to offer in moments. Like, we feel like we're neutered mm-hmm. by a, a boss. I, you know, I've, I've gone through some of this professionally, right, where um, mm-hmm. something happens and you start doubting, and, and man, man, I... I Boy, I'm so glad you said that, man. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap with this, and we're gonna, then we're going to get more plugs in. Um, the mm-hmm. idea of you walking out of the tunnel at Emmett. Have you, have you even played a game since that, since that first preseason? Have you been back at all, like, in, in Baltimore? Have you played a game there? Uh, oh, yeah. Right, Jets. Baltimore okay. was the last time I played in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and that was, ooh, that was a rough one. I'm not going to lie. That was one of the ones <laughs> I was. I was like, man, I kind of wish I was on that sideline. So, uh, so the idea of yeah. coming out this next Sunday wearing purple at M&T Bank Stadium, like, 
that I, I again, as good as it was yesterday, how much even more significant would that be to you? Yeah, that is, that is going to be the legitimate dream come true. Yeah. So um, that is, yeah. I mean, on, on game day, I'm a I'm a wild man. I'm a different different dude, and I have a lot of energy, a lot of you know passion in the way I play. It's what fuels me through the throughout the game. That one will be. I, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not sure what that feeling will be yet. I, I don't know if it'll be more of a uh, you know, uh, almost wanting to cry type of feeling, uh, you know, mama, we made it type of feeling or more <laughs> of a, you know, uh, you know, fired up, let's run through a wall type of feeling. But, um, you know, I, I, I can't wait, you know, in the words uh, of Bart Scott, can't wait. Oh my God. All right. Um, what are we, what are we plugging? What, we, what, what is going on right now? You have so, you always have so much going on. <laughs> that I never, never know what the priority is in the moment. What can I plug yeah. for at the moment? That's the biggest priority. Listen, man. I, I shoot. I guess we have a Netflix show out yep. there. So by my house, if anybody you know hasn't had a chance to check that out, if you like Shark Tank, this is a real estate version of Shark Tank. I'm on there competing with the CEO of Redfin, CEO of the Corkman Group, and an amazing investor, Denisha Reister, um, and trying to buy people's homes up and invest and. In, in real estate. So yeah, definitely would love people to support that, you know, support Baltimore from that regard. Um, other than that, man, you know, beyond the basics, we got some announcements coming up soon um, about how we're going to, you know, use this platform to continue to support the city. Um, and so, you know, you know, I would just say stay tuned, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm just enjoying, enjoying this run, you know, again, who knows how long it'll last. I'm taking it a day at a time, but you know, for right now I'm a Baltimore Raven and, um, I'm going to give this city every single thing that I got and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it all ends up when the dust settles at Bcope 51 on Twitter is how you follow him, bro. I, I really don't have the words to tell you how happy I am for you and how meaningful it is for me to see it play out this way, dude. Um, uh, serious congratulations. And I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you for hopping on with us this morning, man. Yo, um, I I got to meet a lot of really good dudes, you know. I, and I had an overwhelming moment last week with um, Tyus Bowser when when he was so kind and brought me this 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 gift that he didn't need to bring me for any reason. I I have been blessed to establish relationships. I never like to say friendships because I try to find a line, right? I always try to find a line. I've kind of openly admitted the line's been crossed with Tyus. He's a friend now. Like, y'all can be mad at me all you want, but I'm not, I think it's better for me not to lie. Brandon Copeland is everything I could ever ask for in a local athlete. He's one of the most remarkable humans that you will ever come across. In his 20s, he was teaching classes at an Ivy League school. In his 20s. Hell, if if he did that in his 60s, it would be amazing. He has never gotten away from this place and how important this place was to him and the opportunities he was given 
to better himself and doing everything he could possibly do to try to better everyone else. And he didn't hide at all. The humility that you have to show to be this deep into your pro career, to have been as successful as Brandon Copeland has been, and yet to to come on publicly here uh, with Rita and I on 105.7 to humble himself and say, I will go try out. I will drive myself back to Baltimore just for the opportunity to try out to make the team. The guy is 10 years into his career. And the humility that he showed. Eric DaCosta, if you're listening, I'm telling you. That's, th- those were his words. I'll drive myself back just for you to give me a tryout. Because I want to be able to continue my career. And I want to do it coming full circle in the place where I started. And ironically, where he also started his pro career. Because as we talked about a lot, he spent his first pro training camp in Baltimore. Having no idea that he was ever going to play in the NFL. More or less last from 2013 now to 2022. And I remember talking to him then. I remember we thought it was like a neat story. This is back on the radio station. We thought it was just this neat story. Like Brandon Copeland's a neat story. Let's put him on. Like, you're probably not going to make the team, but, like, it's a neat, it's a cool thing. The local kid whose grandson was a, was a great Baltimore Colt, like, let's, let's have him on. Let's meet him. Let's talk to him. So we put him on, and we had a great chat with him. And I was like, wow, this dude's amazing, which isn't surprising. Someone who comes from an Ivy League school, Gilman background, like, clearly, he's an, he's an, he's an incredible human. But his commitment... That if I'm going to succeed, I need to help those in, in my shoes try to succeed too. I want to bring people with me from my community is overwhelming. And for him to get this opportunity to do it for the team that he grew up watching, he grew up going to games, rooting for, in the same city where his grandfather played, This is why we sports. Do you understand that? This is why we do this. Because every now and then something so small, right? A guy who signed to the practice squad because you're dealing with injuries has the greatest story in the history of time. And they probably don't know about that on ESPN. And they probably don't know about that on NFL Network. We've known Brandon Copeland for a long time. We've watched this journey. We've watched him defy the odds. He has sat, not in this studio, but in the last studio we had, a hundred times. He wanted to come in. He didn't want to call. You know how easy it is for somebody to just be like, dude, I'll just call in. Brandon Copeland would ask if he could drive in and sit with us for an hour, an entire show. He would call, after Kyle had left the show, he would call Kyle. Hey, man, would Glenn have me on? Really? Would Glenn have you? Yes. I'll always have time for you. I always, there's just something about 
knowing what it means to that dude. And God, he made plays. Like, he didn't just get out there and run around on a kickoff or something like that. He was a seriously impactful player in the football game yesterday. Y'all can make fun of me for being emotional about it. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. You have no idea what it means to me. And I hope that you understand how unique of a Baltimore story this is. This is one of my favorite Baltimore stories. It would have been better, obviously, if Brandon Copeland had been able to play 10 years with the Ravens. That would make it one of the great Baltimore stories of all time. Unfortunately, a lot of the Baltimore guys that ultimately ended up playing for the Ravens over the years were very short-lived, right? Terrence West was very short-lived. Laquan Williams was very short-lived. Cyrus Jones was very short-lived. I'd have to really think about what Baltimore native spent the longest with the Ravens. There's probably somebody I'm just blanking on like an idiot that you're all going to make fun of me later and be like, dude, did you really forget about Larry Webster? Was Larry Webster a Baltimore native or is he more like a... And he wasn't like he wasn't here for forever either. Larry Webster was Elkton. Yeah, I, I call it. I, that's close enough that I would count it, I guess. Um, But yeah, he was here for five years. But probably that's probably the longest, Larry Webster. Probably. And got a Super Bowl title out of it. That's significant. If I had to guess, that that would probably, like, again, off the top of my head, that would probably be the longest tenure of anyone that was a Baltimore native um, playing for the Ravens. Such a freaking cool story, man. Just so, as goosebump stuff, man. That is, that is why you do this. You do this because every now and then something is a little bit different. Something is a little bit special, and it moves you. I am moved by listening to Brandon Copeland talk about how much this meant to him and his family being there. Ugh. I get, I get uh, jaded. Uh, a lot of people call me a cynic. I get annoyed by so many things in, in this business. But I got to do that today. I got to talk to a young man that I have watched grow up in this sport. He's not that, he's eight years younger than me. And who cares deeply about this place. And he got to succeed as a Baltimore Raven. It don't get better than that. It does not get better than that. We'll get a tidbit and we'll get two bit to wrap it up. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at GinsuGrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code 
tailgate. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit Join Baltimore countypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Phew. Man. All right. Um... Cool. All right. Sorry. I'm um, I'm still feeling it. I'm still in the moment a little bit. Um that was just that was that was that was the good stuff. That was why you do this. That was uh that uh, meant a lot to me. Thank you Brandon Copeland for uh, joining us this morning and I'm so happy for him. All right. Uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. That is the place to watch and bet on every game all season long, Thursday nights, Monday nights, Sundays. And, of course, they're offering you free bets right now. You go in, you make a $25 parlay bet at odds 500 to 1 or longer. And when you do that, you can come back the next week and use a $5 free bet on a same-game parlay of odds also 500 to 1 or longer. Seems simple to me. I mean, I, it's you're getting two bites at the apple. 
You're getting two chances to strike big. By the way, you understand the bets that, you know, 501 or more, like even a $5 bet, it's going to pay out like at least 25 bucks, right? Like, I guess I should say that a little bit louder. It's going to pay out at least 25 bucks. <laughs> like, you're going to make, if, if you just get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in a hotel, get your free bets. Enjoy football season. That 100-foot media wall in front of you. You want to reserve your spot. They get huge crowds. So you want to reserve a table. You want to reserve a reclining chair. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. Griffin. All right. Uh, so our pool holes, he uh, did reach that old 700 mark over the weekend. Um, and then uh, so Jeremy Frank from at MLB uh, Random Stats on Twitter did the he, – he, he, he went to StatCast. And um, so since StatCast has tracked uh, like home run trots, Albert Pujols has averaged about 26 seconds around the bases. Huh. So he uh, went ahead and extrapolated that over his full career. And so Pujols would have spent uh, just over five hours of his life running the bases after hitting a home I, run. I, I, I think I saw that at you some point. Um, but, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, um, I, you know, I, it got lost for me over the weekend that uh, he hit number 700. You know, Albert Pujols is one of the great hitters I've ever seen in my entire life. It's, it's remarkable. I, I don't really have any, like, take to offer. I don't – when we talk about these numbers, I don't know who th – this is the tricky part, right? And it's the thing I'm struggling with Aaron Judge when, like, people try to say, well, yeah, but he's the first to do it without – maybe. Maybe he is. And I don't try to be dismissive of that. It's why I just don't get caught up on it. A anybody with eyes has known that Albert Pujols is one of the great hitters of a baseball. It's – it's a, it's a, you do have a little bit of a what could have been that sort of sets in with Albert Pujols. Like, what if he had stayed in St. Louis? What if, like, you have some of that? Like, what, how much more could he have accomplished um, in what is already in just an amazing career? But yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's funny. It's, it's funny to, to calculate that. Um, and then, so also, Marcus Peters uh, intercepted his 32nd pass since he entered the league in 2015, which is the most in the NFL since 2015. Um, and then, Bull Smoko pointed out that is also while missing an entire season last year, um, that he is still has a, he has the lead by five interceptions. So the next closest player is five behind. So I wanted to know um, we could do the long form of this. There, there are ten other players that have at least 20 interceptions since 2015. So I was going to go ahead and ask you: Can you name as ten? many of those? There's as really ten. There are ten guys that have twenty plus interceptions. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. No, that's a little Not surprising. That is surprising. It's more than a bit surprising. Maybe because I guess he just doesn't get targeted enough. I guess. I mean, yeah, that's part of the problem yeah. when you do this. Is um, he is sixteen? He is sixteen. J.C. Jackson. There you go. J.C. Jackson is third with twenty-five intercep interceptions. He he's a he's a terp. Uh... Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. This is really difficult because 20, I don't know who's yeah. targeted this much. Marshawn Lattimore, not, less than 15. Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, God, Josh Norman? Not Josh Norman. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard, number two, 27 interceptions for Xavier Howard. So Peters, Howard, and J.C. Jackson are the top three since 2015. Well, at least I got the ones at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore has 21, so okay. he is in that top 10. <sighs> or top 11. Are they all top active? 11. I guess I should have asked that. Uh, yes, yes, I believe they, yes, they all are uh, all active. 
Tredavious White. Tredavious White is an excellent guess, but he is not. He is not in the top top eleven. He has sixteen. Jair Alexander. There are other Bills on the list, though. Not not Alexander. Alexander not on there. There are other Bills. The current Bills that are on. Jordan Poyer. Yep. Jordan Poyer has twenty two interceptions. Wow. Yeah. Are there still more? Yeah. Who the hell else? Who am I forgetting about? The other safety. Oh, Micah Hyde. Yes, yeah, Micah Hyde has Micah 20 Hyde, yeah. interceptions yeah. since 2015. Um, uh, uh, Darius Slay. Darius Slay has 20. I was just looking at it. Where did he go? 23. 23 yeah. interceptions for Darius Slay. Uh, <sighs> Kevin Byard? Yeah, yeah, Kevin Byard is fourth. 24 interceptions for Kevin Byard. Minka? Minka does not. He only had only 15 interceptions from Minka. Bomb, he yeah. sucks. Uh, God. Casey Hayward, is he still active? Casey Hayward, I saw his name. He's not in the top. He has 16 for Casey Hayward. Hauser. And yeah, he's with, uh, who's he with? Oh, he's I, with the Falcons. I believe you. I just didn't. I don't, how am I supposed to pay attention to that? <laughs> Is there a fuller on the list? There is not a fuller. No fullers on this list. We got a current saint. Current who saint. Has Marcus May? Not Marcus May. Probably not. He won't be remembered for being a saint. Won't be remembered for being a saint. Uh, all right, just tell me. Tyron Matthew has 23. Oh, piss. I yeah. should. Damn it. That's on me. Oh, damn. Uh, three more that you did not get. Justin Simmons has 21. Okay, I probably should. Janoris Jenkins that. has 20. And Harrison Smith I has believe, 20. I believe it's Jackrabbit Jenkins. Jackrabbit, right? I believe that's what he goes Old by. Jackrabbit. Harrison Smith. Those are all guys I could have gotten. I'm mad at myself that I didn't get those guys. None of those are surprised. Damn. But none as many as Marcus Peters. That's true. That's 32. a good point. That's a very, very good point. All right. Tubular is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, the Ravens are back at home this Sunday. That means you should stop by the Mother's Tailgate, which is happening at Hammerjacks. I know that's confusing. Just go to Hammerjack, the new Hammerjacks. That's where the Mother's Tailgate is. Um, it's right there on Russell Street. I mean, it's literally right by the stadium. If you want to go, you can go for free. But there is also a an all-inclusive option, $49, which includes premium brand open bar and great food. Tickets, details, all available, hammerjacks.com. And when you're there, you can stop by the Press Box Ginsu Grills tent. Uh, uh, Griffin is our spokesmodel. He uh, dressed scantily and uh, and offers his sausage to your mouth. Um, Myself or John Colson? I think John will be there this weekend. Are you not there this week? I'm not. Well, I'll be out of town this week. Oh, that's right. You're going to whatever. You're going to New York, right? Yeah. That's where you're headed. Uh, most games, however, he yes. will be there. But yeah. this week, it'll be John Colson. Um, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today. GinsuGrills.com. $100 off if you use the code TAILGATE. Here's what's coming up tonight. We have not spoken about the Orioles because what would we say? Um, you know, they, they deceive you every now and then. Like, for a yeah. moment, you're like, man, maybe I, I cast them aside too early. Nope. I saw um nope. so somebody put out like the top five because baseball reference does like a game score mm -hmm. of like the team, I guess. And mm -hmm. so they put out the top five games under Brandon Hyde. 
And so one of them was the no hitter was means is no hitter. There was another random game where Asher Wojciechowski okay. was uh, pitched really well against the Red Sox, and okay. then the, the other, and then the three, the other three, all three, were like the, the past last three, week. Yeah. yeah, that they <sighs> could have been. I mean, they had a chance to win both Saturday and Sunday, and if they had done that, what they would they would be within three. They would be within two. Yeah, they would have They'd to. be within two. Because yeah, Royals City helped ended us out. Yeah. Ended up beating Seattle, yes. They'd be within two games of a playoff spot. And they were both, I get it, it's the Astros, but they were both very winnable games. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Uh, Orioles, Red Sox tonight, 7 o'clock on Masson 2. Jordan Lyles and Connor Siebold. Um, the rest of the baseball tonight, Masson uh, 1 has Braves Nationals at 7 o'clock. MLB Network, Yankees Blue Jays at 7. So if you are invested in the Aaron Judge thing, you can watch that. Obviously, Monday Night Football, Cowboys Giants at 8.15 on ESPN. Is, is it ESPN and ABC all season long? Are they I, doing both? I guess so, as long as there's not something else that's going very, on. I didn't and know plus that ESPN, too. Yeah. Well, but that's the Manning thing. That's a different. But they're doing the regular broadcast on ESPN and ABC, I guess, all season. Uh, Fox Sports 1, UEFA Nations League this afternoon. England and Germany at 2.30. There is exhibition hockey going on. I did not realize that started over the weekend. Wow. It is back. I'm going to avoid, you know, unless it's the Capitals, I'm not going to tell you about it, but you can find it at uh, glennclarkradio.com and the uh, USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Really not nothing. Um, not nothing? Yeah, really nothing. You know, that's a double negative, right? Nick Kroll's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. He's got a Netflix special coming out tomorrow. Well, he is also in uh, Don't Worry. Yeah, he is Darling. in Don't Worry, Darling, as well. Um, Bernie Sanders is going to be on Seth Meyers. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, and then there's this, the only new show is out on Hulu. It's called Chefs vs. Wild, and that series premieres tonight or today on Hulu. And so you have two... World-class chefs are dropped into the wilderness. They have to find supplies to put together a five-star worthy uh, meal. Okay. I, no. <laughs> no. That is hack. That is contrived. That it no is the answer to that. Well. Um, thank you. No thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Nope. That All is right, it. Very good. Those are the highlights at least, yeah. Thanks today to uh, Brandon Copeland. Thanks also to Keith Mills and Jeremy Kahn. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, uh, Chris Canty yes. scheduled to join yep. us. I and, love that. Uh, Clark Judge. Uh, Clark Judge, yep. Love Clark. Um, Chris Canty was on the call for the Ravens game over the weekend. We'll think, figure out what he thinks about it all. And, of course, Joe Serpico will help us set up Waiver Wire Wednesday. And uh, we'll get you um, simply the bets tomorrow as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, the Great Eights memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Baltimore County Police Department, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds anyway. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.